Welcome back, Model Railroaders, to the Second Section Podcast, where it's just a bunch of regular guys sitting around talking about model railroading. I'm your host, Andy Dorsch, and tonight we have the, what was it, the, what did you say, Ray? We were the, the, uh, the cavalcade of stars, the cavalcade of stars of model railroading on, <laughs> or, the, or the, or the virtual who's that of model railroading, yeah, the, the virtual who's that of model railroading. So go. now I got um, a Google cavalcade okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's it. And that, and that's our show tonight. All right. Good night, so, everybody. <laughs> good night. But I, I do want to welcome everyone here. We got a, a really cool lineup. Um, and I got my co-host Mike Ostertag with me, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm finally not sick, so I'm I'm one step ahead of the game. Yeah, I am <laughs> sick, so this is going to be a it, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, so, I think you are you, Ray. You said you're uh, you've been kind of battling a little something too. Is that what you've been? I think pretty much everybody is battling something right now. It's just something yeah. going around. No matter wh- who you talk to, they've got something shaking. So, and it just lingers. It does. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's brutal. So tonight we have um, we have uh, some some podcasters and some live streamers with us this evening uh, from the YouTube and the and and the audio space, uh, the, the the podcast space. And tonight our show topic is going to be about the state of model railroading. So we have a a, a diver- This is where we get where we get to to do the the the, the greasy meat hand wringing. Right, that's what we're yeah. going to be doing tonight, yeah. and the weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun discussion this evening. Um, but before we we carry on here, I'd like to uh, introduce our guest this evening, Mike. If that's all right, and oh we'll yeah, do, that's not a problem. We'll do the Hollywood Squares. So I got up in up in the upper in my upper right hand corner. I have Ken. Ken, would you uh, do us the honor of introduction? of who you are, what you model, and um, what what's your uh, claim to podcast or live stream fame? Hi, my name is Ken Zuska, and I'm in Minneapolis or Plymouth, Minnesota. And uh, up here, I'm the superintendent of the Twin City Division, so I'm actively promoting the uh, NMRA community. I model in S-scale. <laughs> yeah. So we How got, we got a majority of the S-scale. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, and I've two, uh, of the, two of the eight of us. <laughs> two of the eight of us. Yep, yep. Uh, so uh, I'm also part of the uh, Crossing Gate podcast crew. So, uh, they, and glad to be uh, inv- around here and see a couple guys from my favorite listens. So Ray and uh, Andy and Mike. So good to uh, good to see everybody. Good Ray, and it's good to put a face to your voice. Yeah, I usually try to hide the the video and live thing is not my thing, so it's a it's a new thing here. But good to, good to see you, Ken. Yep. Well, Ray, that sounds like an outstanding segue for you. Why don't you uh, give the the second section podcast an introduction here for the audience? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Ray, and I host the Around the Layout podcast. And other than that, I. Uh, uh, operate uh, I have a uh, small switching layout in my basement I've modeled the Providence and Worcester and New England Central a kind of fictitious Plainfield Connecticut and HO scale nice. and a uh, member of the uh, Tri-State Railroaders group uh, which is okay. a bunch of us that operate on a 
whole, mostly weekly basis uh, through the uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island area. Yeah, that's awesome. Welcome another, to the sh- another railroad of lies. Another railroad. <laughs> I, I I just put up another sign, but I really wanted at the bottom of my sp- stairs. I just came up with this sign that I wanted to make just a suspend disbelief. <laughs> but, I, I like mean, that. <laughs> Excellent. And then Tom, welcome to the show tonight. You're a return. You're a return offender here on the second section. Yeah, I'm a recidivist, so thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't know. I'm Thomas Gazier. I run a lot of the social media for the NMRA, the Thousand Lakes region, Twin Cities division, newsletter editor. Uh, Ken and I started the podcast, The Crossing Gate. Thank you to all who listen. And uh, I'm trying to start up the Twin Cities division channel along with Ken, fire up this YouTube thing, and uh, – run my own split rock channel and then i have a railroad of lies and uh, apparently auto von Drack believed my lies enough so yeah check, out, check out the january rmc and you can <laughs> so i think i think we need to take a pause here tom and, and unpack that just a, a a little bit what what uh did i did i did my eyes deceive me or did did i see the split rock mining company front and center and rmc yeah. Well, yeah. Look at that. That is outstanding. You didn't have that queued up or nothing. No, no, it's <laughs> no. Not, that was my no. first day doing this. So no, that yeah, was really good, Tom. Purely by accident. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten my paper copy yet, but certainly look forward to that. Yeah, I can't um, wait to read that. That's why yeah. I've, people have said things, and I'm waiting till I get it in my grubby little paws and. Like I told Ken today, I'm going to go buy five copies for my mother. So if you're old enough to get that joke, yeah. <laughs> you'll know how old yeah. I am. So, yeah. But thanks to everybody for the encouragement. I get a lot of encouragement from you guys and everybody in chat. And it's, it's been a wonderful ride. Yeah. we And I've I'm, I'm been a fan of your railroad and, and your modeling and your YouTube channel. And just pretty much anything you put out there for, it's been well, at least eight years now. So... Yeah. You know, so you've been a big influence on myself and and what I'm doing here. So thanks, Tom. You're welcome. And then uh, last but certainly not least, we have uh, Heath here this evening from Humanity Junction. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, As you said, I'm the host of a YouTube channel called Humanity Junction, and uh, that's where I cause most of my trouble, and it has... (laughs) been a huge influence in building uh, what is behind me now. Uh, I started out as a continuous loop modeler and was bit by the operations bug. And now nice. I've got a point-to-point layout and going down all of the rabbit holes that that entails. That's fantastic. Now, is am I to understand that you're also modeling in multiple scales as well? I might... I might even have some S scale, but it's hiding up in the corner. Uh, yes, behind me on the lower shelf is N scale, and then the next shelf up is HO and Z scale. And then around the top of the room, I've got an O scale and a G scale loop on the same shelf. I just love there are various different aspects of various different scales that I, I just really love, and I just couldn't pick just one. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, certainly. And then it, I'm seeing a bunch of uh, activity in the chat saying uh, if there's any problems tonight, we're just supposed to blame Heath. 
Is that right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that became a thing uh, August of 2021, I think. And it's uh, it has held the test of time. And I, I, I have popped up on live streams where people have been blaming me that I have haven't even been on the stream before. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's uh, inter interesting how hashtag blame Heath kind of ends up uh, infiltrating a lot of the, the YouTube model railroad community out here. So um, it's it should just be a shirt. Everybody should, should just be a, have shirt. a shirt. We should it have shirts. <laughs> Yeah, it should just be a shirt. Well, you know? if, if you go to my merchandise <laughs> store, you can get a Blame Heath shirt or a Blame Heath mug or uh, all kinds <laughs> of Blame Heath stuff. So, yes, the merch is out there should you uh, choose to uh, join the club. So I guess I guess then that, that'll do it for our hashtag not sponsored segment this evening. Heath, if you'd be so kind as to put a link to uh, your store out there. We got about 120 folks in the chat tonight. I know a lot of folks came over Whoa. from Heath's stream um, earlier tonight. Wow. Um, so thanks for that. But make sure, Heath, you get that out there and give uh, give it a looky-loo. And, uh, and if anything goes on bad tonight, we can, we can all just blame Heath. I, I so can take it. I can take you it. Can Send take it my it. way. Yeah. So welcome to the show. This is going to be... Um, a, a fun, fun bit. Um, I do have a bit of housekeeping before we get on to the uh, uh, section crew introductions um, and, 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 and talking to everyone in the, in the chat tonight. So um, on our Facebook group, um, Second Section Podcast out on Facebook, um, there's been quite the discussion around the topic of taco sauce. So, um, and, and quite a yeah. bit of confusion on taco sauce. So do we have... I think I'm going to put Heath back on screen here. <laughs> so this is the taco sauce that we're talking about is the uh, Tamiya uh, panel line accent wash. Um, and that came, that came about, or the, the moniker taco sauce came about as a result of, I believe the Sioux, the Milwaukee road, um, the YouTube channel. And I believe the, uh, Tom Gazier, you, you and, and your crew use taco sauce quite a bit in terms of referring to the Tamiya Panaline wash. So um, we'll we'll certainly blame blame the folks from Minnesota on that. But uh, long story short, um, if you if you don't know what taco sauce is, it's a Tamiya Panaline wash, and the reason we call it taco sauce is because we put that on everything. So. So, so basically, it's it's the the Frank's hot sauce or the the taco sauce that we put on all of our weathering um, cars, locomotives, structures, all that good stuff. I put it on my roads, railroad ties, all that stuff. So, um, and I don't have any stock into me at all, but um, yeah, um, that's the explanation behind the taco sauce. So, if anyone's still wondering, um, there's a good discussion over at our Facebook group second section podcast you can go and join that and find out what the discussion or the the mystery of the taco sauce is all about so before before we get through the introductions here mike anything to add to the taco sauce or anything we've covered so far not yet i mean uh you can 
You can make your own taco sauce. You can. You can you certainly can. make there's your own taco several sauce. Different, there's several different ways of doing it. Um, Boomer's talked about doing it. Ralph Renzetti's talked about doing it. Uh, uh, there's been several other people that have talked about how to do their make their own. And yeah. so, you know what? There's, uh, there's just get out there and try it. Go have some fun with it. And yep. That's all there is to it. And practice, practice, right. practice, 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 practice. Joey from yep. Late Night Model Railroad says it does not taste uh, good on actual tacos. That, so that's good to know. That's what yeah. sounds like an ask. Tom, that asks sounds like an ask me how I know type yeah, of situation, yeah. right? Yeah, Joey. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the dot 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 after that. There's, a, there's a story there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's that's where we're gonna leave the taco sauce at at um, at this stage of the game. So um, let's uh, shift over to our chat this evening. Um, we have 123 people in the chat. Um, is that the most we've right, ever had? It is close to the to a record for us. So I want to yeah. thank thank everyone for coming in. Give us a a shout, um, a hello, a howdy do. Um, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get going here to see who's all here tonight in the chat. So I think we had, are you going to really try to do this? We're going to do, we're going to do the speed read here. So Mike Shanky, Brandon's here. Otter Creek, Rio Grande is here. Max Seymour, Boomer Diorama River Road is here. Welcome Boomer, Tony Dixon, Jacob H, David Winther, Thomas, Chris, Mike O'Dorney, Drew Glade, um, Paul Scott August from the Chicago Northwestern Mondovi line is here tonight. Randy Timmerman is here. Welcome, Randy. Rick Bognett, Nick LaRusso, Tom Klamoski, Jeff Thornton, Tim Moran, Dodo One Ops is here. Stephen Gilligan's here this evening. Tim D, Gary Cobes, Beer Line Modeler. I think we did Otter Creek in Rio Grande, but he's worth a second shout. Iron River 11, ben, uh, Bill Kenkel, Roger Coleman, Late Night Model Railroad, Osmerica Model Railroading is here. Happy Valley Hobbies, Robert Darby, Green Bay and Western Lines Relatable 100, MECM211, Adam Cruz, Derek Alexander, Ted Johnston, BNSF Fall River Division is here. Welcome. Um, Thomas Austin, Frank, Steeler Fan, 820. Dundas Junction Model Railroad. James Bespoke Rail is here. Welcome, Bespoke Rail. Paul H. is here. Carolina Foothills Railroad. Derek Alexander. Curly Express. Dan's Model Railroad Journey is here tonight. Graham Stockfield. Mini Prince is in the house. Ken's S. Wait, Ken, you're on, you're on the screen. Can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Container Man 68 is here. Tom O'Connell. Uh, Sensa Sean. Ned Harris Jr. Oh my gosh, this is this is by far the m- most people we've had. Russ Rockin O R R is here. So cool, olds four fifty five. There's an oldie but a goodie. Um, let's see, Mike Michael Shea is here. Philip Tav- Taylor is here tonight, um, and the list goes on and on and on. So welcome everybody. Um, Montreal. Holy yeah, God. I mean, we're getting them from all around the world. We're very popular in Australia, apparently, according to the numbers. So, um, so welcome everybody. Um, in I, Canada, dude. In Canada, we're good in Canada too, and Wisconsin. <laughs> we're good there. So, anyways, welcome everybody to the show tonight. Rules for the chat are as follows. Let's keep it polite. Um, and about model railroading, I don't want to have to kick you guys out tonight. 
Um, but there are going to be some topics that if you have questions for the, the crack crew tonight, um, get them out there because this, these are the people you want to ask. They're the ones who are in touch with what is going on, or at least I think is what's going on in model railroading. So, okay, gang, that was, that was the speed round. It is time. <laughs> I am so nervous. <laughs> why are you, why are you nervous, Mike? I just am. I just okay. am. I just so, am. So last year, Mike, I'm going to start with you, actually. We're going to pick on you a bit. Okay. Um, and this had a lot to do with uh, Heath's research uh, this afternoon. Um, basically say, hey. Why am I getting blamed for this already? Blame Heath. Because we blame, blame <laughs> Heath. Why not? But but I want to pick on Mike for a second. Last last year, you gave, in, in the same show last year, you said the state of model railroading is at a six. Yeah. Do you feel that 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 same way today? Well, yes and no. Oh, okay. Um I feel that overall the industry hasn't changed very much in the last year. Um Really? I don't yeah, I don't think the industry as a whole has changed very much. I think that the manufacturers are still going with a lot of um, what is conceived to be mainstream items and are kind of just putting out here, here's what, here's what we're going to do, you know, either buy it or don't kind of thing. Um, sure. Depending on the scale you're in. Okay. Um, I mean, HO scale, it's kind of, be honest with you, it's situation normal. You've got the typical players, and those haven't changed, and they're coming out with product, and they're coming out with quality stuff. And it's, it's, there hasn't been a whole lot of deviation from. They haven't gone left or right of their their plan. They haven't taken a whole lot of risks. Even with the SDL thirty nine, when that came out, that really was that was a calculated risk. That was that was a model that they knew was going to sell. Because it was in such high demand, that was not big. That was not a big risk-taking locomotive to put out. It was going to be gone the minute it was hit the shelves. Everybody knew that. Okay. Good, bad, or, good, bad, or indifferent. Sure. However, when you start getting into some of the other scales, I know N scale, N scale manufacturers are starting to embrace that again. So N scale, I think, is kind of starting on an, an uphill swing a little bit. S S scale. Ken, you and I are kind of in the same boat. It's S scale is a hard nut to crack. It's just if you look at it on the baseline, nothing is different. Okay. But if you look at what individuals are starting to do with the scale, it has so much great potential, and there is so much to be excited about and to look forward to. It's just for the ten of us that are doing it. <laughs> It's it's hard it's hard <laughs> to really put that cart before the horse. Okay. You get into the larger scales. I don't know a whole lot about what's been going on with O. I don't know a lot about those garden scales. Sure. Z Z scale has had a a, a bit of a there a, a a bit of a push here lately with some of the things. There are a couple of Z scale manufacturers that I've seen. Uh, that have come out with some new products 
that are you would never think that they would come out. And and I mean, everybody knows how small Z is. I mean, it's it, but I would probably I would probably give the industry the same grade this year as I do did last year. I'd say maybe a slight a slight tick up. Maybe okay. I'll give it a six point five rather than a six. But I think there's a lot of room for improvement in the hobby, especially with the, the way manufacturers are handling product okay. selection and things of that nature. Okay. So we're we're into the, the topic of of basically state of state of the hobby and we're looking at manufacturers' vendors, right? Um is, is what we're we're driving towards here. So um you're you're saying okay. It's uh, didn't change much from last year. When you said that immediately, I saw some eyebrows raised on the panel. So I, um, so I'm curious. Um, anyone want to jump in real quick and and possibly um, take a take a counterpoint here um, on what what Mike said? So Mini Prince, I'll, let's just share that real quick. So Mini Prince says I I disagree. Uh, reason being is that manufacturing is being democratized, uh, and the major manufacturers are slow, slowly becoming less relevant due to the rise of desktop manufacturing so that i agree with that that's kind of what i was talking about yeah Yeah. okay okay i agree with him i agree with that okay tom or ken any uh any comment in in regards there or in 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 rebuttal well i I don't know that i would necessarily say rebuttal uh being the oldest here by a ways (laughs) <laughs> I've, 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 I've watched uh, a number of these cycles go through and, uh, and I think that the state of model railroading is changing, but it's always been changing. Mm-hmm. We're going to face a lot of problems. Uh, they we're very dependent on China for a lot of things. And, uh, and that's going to become more and more challenging. I don't, I don't think that we've seen nearly the, uh, the craziness that could come out of China. And that's the problem when you get too, too dependent on one source. To what Mini Prince says, yes, uh, the uh, industry is becoming democratized. If you had a great uh, four and six axle drive system that you could put under frames, then that would make the uh, desktop manufacturing go absolutely crazy. But, uh, you could design all the great model locomotives you want, but unless you have a really great drive system that's flexible for all these things, it's always going to be a limit. And that's what we're seeing in S scale. Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I, I think that you've, you're always going to have the guys that want to just buy the atherns and run them around a, on a four by eight sheet of plywood. Okay. And on the other hand, you're going to have people that want to scratch build and count rivets. And that's the beauty of the hobby is there's so many varieties of, of ways that you can get involved. So, so I, I don't know if that disagrees with Mike, but it, it's just kind of a different way of looking at it. Hmm. I think it's complimentary almost in a sense, at least from what I, what I heard there. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. So that's, that's the point from the S scale side of things too. Do you think that if you were, in the HO boat or in the N scale boat, um, would would your do you think that do you think the scale that you're modeling in has some bearing on that at all? Uh, basically, what you say, 
or is it or is it uh, more i guess systemic than that i think it has a lot to do with it to be honest yeah. with you i i do i mean i'm an outsider to ho now mm -hmm. and i can only see what is coming out and see what's in announcements and looking at msrps and thing of that nature and and it, it to be in the one scale in the, in a in a in a, yeah. in a, a minority scale like us and then looking at it's kind of kind of like what we always talk about with modeling right i mean mm -hmm. i'm a model i thomas Th thomas you're a railroader i'm a railroader you know we have this inside looking out viewpoint from it right and then you have the outside looking in trying to create what we don't under what modelers cr trying to create what they don't fully understand not saying that they don't but what they don't fully understand on a day-to-day -day basis whereas we see it every day and we're coming back and recreating the, the subtle nuances that people don't generally see i think being in different scales really has that same impact in how you view the industry as a whole also you know it's hard for me to understand everything that's going on in ho from an inside viewpoint because i'm not in ho if that makes any sense whatsoever you know um, and Ken, I don't know if you agree with that or not. I mean, it's 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 different. I mean, you can keep up on, on what's going on in HO, but to actually understand how that impacts what you're actually doing, because I'm not going out and buying HO stuff, you know. So that's that's a right. It, it's 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 so subjective. I think it's a really subjective question to be honest with you yeah I mean, it's well of course i mean i mean it's not it uh, you know there's not going to be a, a right or a wrong answer no um i mean unless tom tells it to us and then <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i guess um so from from a manufacturer or vendor standpoint so got we we have a couple of i guess um odd marks or i won't say odd marks i did though um but some 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 interesting takes on on the manufacturing based from the the, the s-scale side of things but from ho or um maybe one of the more contemporary scales tom what do you think do you think that what what's the state what does the state of of manufacturers look from from the king's court per se the way I look at it, I'd probably give the hobby, like Mike, maybe a little better grade, seven or eight out of 10. And with the vendors, and it's some wonderful comments, price still rules, okay? Yeah. And to keep the vendors, you know, they're going to come out with only high-end stuff. Atherin announced they're just going to do Genesis. So you're going to have these high price items, but... The really? vendors are very wise now in that everything is pre-sold. No, yes. no one is going to make at least an engine or highly detailed passenger car without it being 100% pre-sold. And we've seen that with the Rapido canceling things and Atherin canceling things. So, and I agree with Bernard on the desktop, but the desktop, I love that term anyway, Bernard, we're going to coin that one. The desktop manufacturers are great at CNC, laser cutting, 3D printing, decals, etch brass. There's not going to be a desktop manufacturer put together an SDL 39 with sound lights 
and or put together dash nines or a, a nice New England steamer or something like that. So you need both. And I also like that that Boomer brought up the idea of you know how plastic manufacturing was turned around by Gundam. I don't know if everybody knows what Gundam yeah. is. Gunpla. That still amazes me that you build these kits and you use no adhesive. So you know the tolerances are there for even higher quality trains, right? So I think the manufacturers have figured it out that we can make anything as long as we can design it and then offer it with a price point. And if we don't get the pre-orders, we just don't make it. There's no risk. And, is that Gundam? Is that yeah. Gundam thing, Tom? Is that Gundam thing? Is that kind of like the old MDC kits where you had the you had the whole you had the frame and then the everything was press fit and you you didn't have to heat. There was every the old kits from right. like the eighties, absolutely, and everything where they had the the weight was actually held on. They had the pegs in the underframe, and you yeah. put those little those press on washers on it, and that held the 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 weight in, and then the body just went on, and you had the little things for the you didn't have any screws except for the except for the uh, trucks no and these things move that's what's amazing you can pose them and put them in things and do this and they're even having modeling contests so the tolerances are there that i think and i think the manufacturers have stepped up their game and they have been offering these things but we uh, but us as consumers know that if we don't jump on that engine now, that passenger car now, that caboose now, you're not going to get it. Right. You know, and, and I the think, manufacturers you know, have created that situation. Absolutely. Though, with the way they've done things. Absolutely. You know, even the hobby shops, when you go to a hobby shop, all that stuff has already been sold. When you right. see in the hobby shop, it's already been paid for. Yeah. They're just recouping their costs, so, so to speak. I think the vendors, the manufacturers we have are very strong. You know, I think a few a few years ago, ten years ago, they used to come and go. Yeah, right. And I think the ones that we have, especially the ones making the high end and the quality items, uh, are fine. And there are lots of, I'm sure Chad will agree, lots of holes to fill. If anybody's ever watched Athern's show where they promote their new products, yep, the chat. Is ninety nine percent of people begging, <laughs> you know, do this in this paint scheme, and you know, and and it's just amazing. So the demand's out there, but how much of it is? I always yeah. throw in there that whenever I'm watching it, I always tell put in the chat, do S scale. That's yeah. what I always put it. That's just all I do. <laughs> I just I just spam Alco C four fifteens on everything. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Doesn't matter. It could be talking about. They could be talking about. Uh, yeah. Whatever car that you know or engine and it's yeah, yeah you're at yeah. scale <laughs> i want to see 415 so yeah c415s so, so i yeah I'd, I'd say go to ray because ray knows the east coast where a lot of the right. pictures are yeah yep yeah, uh, I, I think I, I, I don't have a whole lot to offer on this you guys have seemed to have a little bit deeper uh expert level on the manufacturing side i'll just tell you what i see in general which is Sure. I always talk about on my podcast about it being the golden era of model railroading in general. And I think there's some in that there's always some negatives and some downturns. Um, the amount of you guys call it desktop hobby. I call it cottage industry, whichever way you want to look at that. It, it really is absolutely amazing to see so many 
uh, manufacturers out there and guys opening up something in their basement and ones I've seen in person like Greg McComas at MacRail and what yeah. he's been able to do and make detail parts basically out of necessity. Nobody else was making it, so he made it, and he's put together a great product line. So I, I really do think that a lot of these manufacturers, these cottage industries or desktop manufacturers have really helped the hobby, things that wouldn't fall on the radar of a major manufacturer. You know, ask Atlas to produce uh uh, solar panels for, for, uh, for, for, uh, uh, now the name escapes me now, but nonetheless, that, though, that little stuff, I mean, you man, major manufacturer is going to stumble with that where a guy that has a 3d printer and can kind of do that. It, it's more niche to him. And that's, that's really good. As far as the major manufacturers, uh, there's, there's gotta be a lot more to it than probably we even, we realize, when it comes to trying to put this together and product selection and, you know, what the market is demanding versus what they can build and the quantities and whatnot. And that's, that's kind of well over my head. I do know personally, and I've seen from many others, it seems like, and again, absolutely amazing that these manufacturers can put so much detail into rolling stock and locomotives. But on that turn, as all of this becomes, more detailed and you get more left behind is in Mike, you hinted on it. The MSRPs are just continuing to go in, in the North direction, like everything else right now, there, there seems to be a market there for the operator level that isn't being completely fulfilled in my mind, because once, and then once you get into the aftermarket where you get something that somebody has and they're trying to resell it, forget it. They think it's worth, 10 times more because they see exact rail or tangent or whatnot come out with a premium product. So now it pushes the whole, to me, the whole market starts to go up in the air. So I think there's still a market and a a need for operator level equipment that can kind of pull down the MSRP. I mean, it's fantastic. I saw, you know, Aurora miniatures and Paul Kassar mentioned it. They now have operating fans in the locomotive and that's, that's (laughs) some amazing detail. But Who's honestly, as an though? operator, yes. Do you really pay attention to it when you're operating? Not really. And I tell you what, you crank the speakers up enough, they'll start to rattle and they'll look like they're they're moving, right? So again, it's <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, I, I I just think that um we we need to think about a guy that's trying to build a bigger layout or even you know whatnot or a budget efficient layout is if the market continues to go up this way, it's harder to chase it. And it's kind of, we want to try to get as many people. There's so much room for everybody in the hobby and it'd be good to be able to fit all those niches. Yeah. Well said. I think, I think that's interesting. uh, Kind of that sliding scale of, of price, you know, just kind of, if you think of it like a, just sliding everything over to the right, uh, making things more expensive on that that supply and demand scale. It's interesting way to look at it. How you know the the super detailed manufacturers are kind of also dragging everything behind it in terms of detail along with it and making all the prices go up. It's kind of interesting take on that. I'll give I've you an example of that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Uh, one one example. The exact rail, um, fifty foot. Uh, waffle car right Mm -hmm. when exact came out with that 
and it's a beautiful car. They've done an excellent job with the Southern and, you know, Southern serves the South and fade paint. And it just, it looks really good. They've done an excellent job with it. Well, their first run came out and then they weren't available. So then you go to eBay where everything just turns very dark and the value goes up. So when the exact rail is selling these cars for, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing like 70, let's call it $75 per car. People will take the older Walther's car and they think it's worth more because the exact rail is getting 75. So now they're trying to sell those for more. So that's kind of the example. It's like everything they think everything's worth it because the Walther's car and, and that's kind of the, the, the kind of the downfall of that. I mean, it's great. I mean, I, I and I've got another when they did the re-release here, I put one on pre-order because I'd like to have one of those waffle cars. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, it, it's tough. You can't fill a whole railroad with $75, cars. I know I can't. There may be some of you guys here can. I mean, I mean, he might be able to nail it, but I, you know, I, I, I certainly cannot do that. I'm going to wait with my comment to Andy until we hear from Heath, because I, I I've got so. a kind of a, I, I've got a couple of, I got a couple of things to say on what Ray said. And then another kind of pseudo topic to transition into from there. Okay. So. I'm down with that. Let's, let's hear it. Heath. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit in Ray's position as well, where this is probably not my strong suit. But I did think it was interesting that we started this conversation where you asked Mike if he still thought the state of the hobby was a 6 out of 10. And he kind of went directly towards the state of the industry of model railroading. Whereas we have all these other topics to come, which makes me sort of wonder, though, what really drives the hobby these days? I don't, I'm not so sure it's the manufacturers anymore. I mean, it used to be you would go to a store and see, you know, a Bachman set, you know, on the toy store shelf. And that's what got you into model railroading. And I think a lot of people are getting introduced to it in many different ways now that are different from you know what how we kind of got into it in the beginning and i think you know technology community uh i think are huge influences now on vendors and manufacturers maybe even more so than their internal you know decision making teams sure so 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 basically like uh forums and and uh you know where where the manufacturers are out there face or even like on social media those types of things where or the live streams where make that C415 right if they if we get enough people out there crying for it you know will it will it come to light I mean you used to never be able to talk to the owner of a manufacturer really I mean they were yeah. you know on this hill somewhere else and you know, maybe if you go to like Amherst or whatever, you can you can meet them. But in general, they weren't, you know, somebody that you could access. And now, you know, Atherton was a great example, right? Is they the, every Tuesday night they come and they talk and <laughs> people give their opinions. And that's yeah, right. You know, I think that's changing the hobby. And a they lot. listen. You know, they listen to those opinions. You know. This is, that's a really interesting take on this, Heath. I never, I never thought of, of you know, in terms of manufacturers and just having models produced and quality and this, that, and the other, but having them be accessible 
And you're right. Years ago, we never talked to Atherin, and now you know we we have conversations with them almost weekly. So I think that's really interesting. That the health of the hobby must be pretty strong if if the manufacturers are willing to entertain the the thoughts and needs of the of the consumers. I think it's to play devil's advocate, or the health of the hobby is not good. And they've got all this free time and they're just out there trying to figure out how to how to write the ship. I, I don't I don't think that's the scenario, but uh, it could potentially be looked at from from <laughs> both sides. That's really interesting. I'm going to pull a quote and probably the guy that should be in the center square of this panel would be Tony Cook because <laughs> he provides so much <laughs> information and he's, the guy's an encyclopedia of, of model railroading. But I'll say what he said, you know, at one point it used to be a new release from a manufacturer once a year or every six months. Now it's monthly, monthly new releases from these manufacturers. I mean, the manufacturing process itself has completely changed, you know, in the last 25, 30 years. That by far technology has taken us there where it's easier or, or more cost efficient to to produce a new product not to say it's cheaper or cheap but it's it, the process is improved yeah um so so therefore i mean th- that does tell you something there too i mean uh, they've gone from you know yearly release to now you know just monthly the news just rolls to a point where tony's putting together a magazine that's following the news of this hobby so you know that that that's uh that says something about it well, how many manufacturers back in the 70s and 80s owned their own manufacturing plant in China? Or even in the 90s. Hmm. You know, and now you have Rapido's got their own. You know, uh, I believe Skilled Trains has their own. You know, yeah. I mean, these guys, they, they have their own manufacturing plants overseas. Whereas before, the Atherin was based out of, was Atherin based out of California, right? Or was it always California? Yeah, Somewhere California. in there? Compton, yeah, yeah. and and they, you know, and then you had the whole manufacturing debacle here a few years ago when when those plants closed down overseas and everybody got in a panic and you know it, you know, those type of things with the manufacturing, you know, is is just amazing to me. You know, it's it's amazing that that's where we are now. You know, it's. And and I suppose that's why I mean Rapido will never do it again. But I mean that's why when you bought an undecorated switch engine, you got every single part that they every ever variation. made, every single one when you got the undecorated one. And and it was you know you just never had that before. What did you have before? You had metal stamped handrails with some heavy gauge wire that you know was like a six inch round handrail it's in scale and i mean it was there was there wasn't a whole lot of scale to what atherin used to do now now it's amazing you know it's it's absolutely amazing and and i just want to make a comment about something ray said earlier luke lemon's good friend of ours andy and and everybody here really, he won't admit it he, he won't, won't admit, admit it. it. He won't admit it. <laughs> he no. will not admit it. <laughs> no, Luke will never admit being friends with no, any of us. No. <laughs> Him and I had a conversation one day, and he was like, when you're over here working, or when you're over here doing an operating session, how much are you paying attention to 
what the train is pulling. How many are you paying attention to the fact that these are scale train cars, or are you paying attention to the fact that I need that car to go there? Does it matter what the car manufacturer actually is? Does it matter what the quality is? As long as it's got Katie couplers, good couplers, and good good quality trucks, and is being pulled around and is is within reason to what your era is. Does it matter how detailed it is? I don't. I think, I don't, I think that know. matters to the layout owner. We have this yeah. discussion all the time where yeah. I'm, you know, somebody's modeling the Texas and Pacific. I'm enjoying their layout, but I'm ignorant if they had 37 foot flat cars or whatever. Right. Right. You know, today we ran on a CB and Q layout. Ken and I were over there. Nice. And th- th- I have, I have no idea what was correct, but I was enjoying it. You know, yeah. you know, and. So are there more prototype modelers now that people are looking for that kind of stuff? Or is it because for just from my personal experience, I, I could care less. I mean, it, the car's got a number on it. I know where I've got to move. I don't I don't really even care if it's a boxcar or a gondola. Right. It's it's whatever. So. It goes like, along the it, it goes along the theme of basically the whole uh, layout thing where the thing that you as the owner of the layout pay most attention to or care most about is, is not the thing the guy's going to notice when he comes over, he's going to notice something totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it, it right. it's like, I worked for hours on this, but yet he noticed the thing that I kind of just threw together, right. you know, and it's kind of the <laughs> yeah. same thing with the rail cars. Right. Yeah. So you, you go down, like I'll put the, I'll put a new car on. I'll, I'll get a, I'll get something from home shops and put it on the railroad and oh, I'm pretty cool. This is cool. I got a story behind it and they're noticing something totally different. It, 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 yep. I mean, it, but it, it, again, and that's why I say, you know, for operating, there's a market and I don't think it's being tickled as much as it should be to get operator level stuff. Because again, like Mike, it's all about moving product and, and building the simulation to the railroad. Right. And does, and does that really, there's so many cars of mine, the stirrups are broken right off, you know, and I just turn yep. the car. So it faces the backdrop. So nobody <laughs> sees the stirrup, right? Because, you know, I could go back out and I could glue it back on, but it's more about the operations and am, am I going to, you know, the guys don't care about that. They want to switch yeah. cars and they yeah. want to have a good time and they want to operate again. That's operating mentality. Yeah. If you're a collector, if you're, um, you know, doing photography with your layout and if that's your thing, totally different planet. But for the, from yep. the operator standpoint, it, it's the, the priorities are, are different, at least in, in me, within me and the group that I run with. Right. And I agree because I've often joked, about taking one of my ore cars, stripping it down, putting in the metal grabs, the lift rings, you know, lift pins, and throwing it out there and offering a $20 bounty on who could find it amongst. <laughs> and, and it also gets to the point, too, I'll bring up people who really get into the operations. Sometimes the demand isn't there. And my example is going to be sergeant couplers, Okay. Absolute prototype working. I know, Mike, you probably worked with them. Some of the other guys. Beautiful couple. I have but, tons of them. <laughs> but, you, but you just can't operate with them. It, oh, it's, it's, I, no, I disagree with that because that's what my layout's based around. Right. But I know on S-Scale and some other things, but I'm like, why did they go out of business then? Because people are still want to slam KD5s together. And, <laughs> and so I agree yeah. with Ray that – and. You know, Luke posted up, nobody notices the 18th car on a train. Right. 
especially if it's only a 10 car train, like on East layout. So, yeah. Yep. This is, so. Yeah. Now see with the Sergeant Coupler idea, that kind of leads me into my other segue topic of the whole discussion <laughs> is we're talking a lot about the manufacturing, but what, what impact has the, has manufacturing had on the modeler and what i mean by that is is the manufacturer is doing a lot of stuff for people a lot of skills that modelers used to have to be able to do are now being done in production by putting grab irons on and weathering and doing these things and there's a there's a lot of people that just you know everybody's got their own way of doing it there but are you are modelers more willing to not to buy those things like that because it's a matter of convenience and they don't have to do it or is it something that that is it a skill like what you said ray you know is it a skill that that has been lost because of like putting the grab irons on and things like that. Is that a skill that's been lost because the manufacturers have done it for us? Kind of put it in the category of wire, wire shelf model layouts becoming more popular. Why is mm. it that one switch layouts are becoming more popular and wire manufacturers putting more details on cars and say it, life has changed and it's changed in a way where people are, are far more busy. There's a lot of competition for your time. You know, it, yeah, you got, you got people doing so much more and so many different things and working longer hours and don't have the space. I, I think it's just, a, it, it was part of a demand that was in the hobby that those that had the time to sit there and in detail a car also didn't have 14 different streaming networks on their Roku box and, you know, yeah. just the things that are attention pullers. So, and, and again, you know, this space, you know, you got less and less people buying bigger houses, smaller, the, you hear the minimalist movements, you hear all this kind of stuff too. So I'm not going to get too crazy into it, but I, I just think it kind of follows that trend that you don't have to have a massive size layout anymore and you don't have to have the time to sit there and put those details on. You can instead focus on getting the satisfaction of getting your layout complete or mostly complete to a point where you can operate and run your trains and get that and get that fulfillment from it. Yeah, and and, and Heath, to answer your question, you you want my definition of what a modeler is? Do you want me to define it? Um you don't need to specifically define it. I guess that's just something. So I kind of got back into the hobby in 2019, although, you know, I still have my eighties and scale stuff up in the corner. And which, which I, cool. I think how you, <laughs> I think how, how a modeler is defined has changed even over the last two, three years, uh, because oh, absolutely. of things like technology. Uh, so well, yes, I, I get that there are a lot of modeling skills that certain modelers don't have. There are other skills that they necessarily do. So 
Yes, you, you can define it for yourself, but I think it's really up for everybody to define it for themselves and not necessarily look to people on a YouTube channel for what the definition is. Uh, be, <laughs> because in this yeah. sort of... Oh, man, there goes my picture. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but this ultimately leads to what I think is a big part of the state of the hobby. And I, in doing my research, came up with people that have said this. So like, I didn't come up with it, but it's a, it's not about me defining what the hobby should be for somebody else. It's about encouraging whatever they are doing in the hobby for them to them become a quote unquote model railroader and join this community. And it's not for us who are already in it to say, Oh, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. 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 I think that's a really a really good uh, perspective. So, a couple things that that come to mind. Uh, there's a YouTube channel out there called uh, the Digital, uh, the DIY and Digital, right? With uh, yep. Jimmy, Jimmy, and um, he he has an interesting take. the The hobby is a little bit different, I think, for everybody, right? Um, so there there are some people that want to have the high end skill that want to do the grab irons. There are other people that are into operations. Um, that don't necessarily care about, you know, those types of things. And then there's some people that are just completely content with Bachman easy track or, or unit track and then running around in a circle. And I think, I think for anyone to kind of put anyone into a box um, is, I guess we shouldn't really be doing that. However, I think, I think the, the thing that's out there is that there's so much information for whatever level that you want to be at. So if you want to be the the person that runs the ring around on the carpet, or if you want to be the one that's into operations and doesn't really want to get into the high fidelity modeling, there's there's information that can help you be the best at that, at that specific level out there, um, more so than, than there was 15, 20 years ago. You go back to the old model railroader, uh, the publication, and there was, you know, detailed sheets on how to kit bash an SD18 from an old, you know, uh, Atlas SD24, step by step, all the, gra you know, just crazy detail in, in, in a model railroader publication. And now it's changed to account for the beginner, the intermediate level modelers as well. So I think that, I guess where I'm rambling with this is that I think there's, there's different shades of, of model railroader out there. And I think that all of them are okay. Um, and there's all information out there. There's so much information on the internet and, and through that can really help you excel to get the most enjoyment out of whatever level you want to be at. Andy, I mean, there's, you're room not on, there's room on the bus for all of them. <laughs> I wasn't. There you go. Room on the bus, Andy, you're not rambling at all because, again, I, I apply to model railroading the same rule I apply to hockey, which I have mm. a favorite team. I won't say it to the Minnesota guys and whatnot, but right? <laughs> so, but, but anyway, what I'll say <laughs> is wrong. this: we don't have a team when when somebody tells me something, uh, you know, the, the, whatever the you're in the right sport, and that's a good thing, right? If you're yep. a Penguins fan, Islanders fan, a Rangers fan, whatever, it doesn't yep. matter. It, what I say is you're in the right sport, and the same thing with model railroading. And Andy, you're hitting on it perfectly. What we we should not put anybody in a box. We should be encouraging to anybody who wants to enter this hobby in any way, shape, or form. That's that's how the hobby continues to grow. That's how you introduce people to new 
facets of the hobby. Like, you know, and, and I noticed that Boomer put a comment up. There's a difference between a model railroader and, and, a, and a modeler, right? A railroad modeler versus model railroader. And, and I agree. But it may start as a model railroader, and then they see somebody like Boomer and the, the, the magnificent scenery he's able to create, and then they go in that direction. Or they go, but you got to get them in the door. And if it gets them in the door with Bachman Easy Track and a simple locomotive on DC pulling three cars, it doesn't matter. Get them in the door. Get them in the hobby. Get them get them bit by the bug. Get the disease in them. And then they're going to go uh, amazingly different places. I like to use Mike Shanky as an example for that exactly. Yeah. Not the name. I mean, this guy was terrified to do it. He had this thing of his layout was, you know, it's a nice layout and everything else like that. He was terrified to even try to do weathering on anything. Mm-hmm. He's turning out to be really, really good at it. And it was, he just watched some of the things like our show and some of the other shows and all the sudden and watched YouTube and he just got enough guts to try it. And it was, he ended up, he's, he's really good at it. And, and, yeah. Personally, because he's a friend of mine in ours, I, 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 I'm really proud of the guy, you know, and it's, you know, and, and it's just because of the progress he's made, you know, and that's, and there's so many guys that, and modelers that I'm starting to meet and, and Andy and I've both talked to, and I'm sure Tom and, and Heath and Ray and Ken, you guys have all done the same thing. Where you talk to guys at one time and they're all, oh, I don't, I don't know if we can do this, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they send a picture. Hey, look what I did. And it's like, dude, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you know, keep it going. And that's and you're 100% right, Ray. It's, it's all about encouragement and, and trying to make everybody included into no matter what they want to do with it, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so go back to what you were saying earlier, you were talking about what's driving the hobby right now. We were talking about manufacturing and what's driving the hobby. And you used to always talk about, is it manu? It's, it's the internet. The internet is 100% driving the hobby right now because it's Agreed. the information you can get in your hands to encourage you to do those things. The information like going to boomers, uh, uh, YouTube page and watching that or, or a, a multitude of others that are putting information out, creating content that you can get this freely. It used to be the the hobby shop and I'm not trying to put the hobby shop down, but the local hobby shop used to really be to me, the driver. That's where you went and got most of your information. You found out who knows what or who or whatever. And then you went to the magazine out of the hobby and out of the hobby shop. It's the internet now. It's so the information is, is there, whatever you want to know right there you can you can look all of that up so yeah between youtube and and, and you know the, the what there's other you know sources as well but it's overall it's the internet driving it i yeah. agree 100% agree so internet social media right i mean those are those are a couple things that have pretty much put my hobby into light speed in in the last you know 5 6 years i came back you know into the hobby and where was the first place i went youtube what was the first channel I found? It was Split Rock, right? And I saw, and I <laughs> wake up, Tom. You want to? You want to <laughs> apologize to him now, Tom? Or <laughs> but I got know. him hooked. You know, he's the one. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with that, Ray. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. Yeah. Really, a really good point. 
Um, and you know, internet podcasts are now out there. Um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, all of us out there that we create content and, and put it out there in terms of model railroading and certainly hopefully to improve and help everyone and better enjoy the hobby. So. You know what, Andy, there's a comment up there. Derek Alexander put up a comment there. He, he, it says you can learn skills on the tube there. I think it says, mm. and you can watch how skills are done on YouTube, but actually learning them is only going to be done by physical, by physically making the mistakes and doing them and the repetition of doing it. That's the only way you're going to get good at doing something. And I know Boomer has mentioned that in his some of his things. The only way to get good at something is to make the mistakes, right? And 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 don't worry about making mistakes because even the best modelers in the world have made tons of mistakes, you know. And and um, that's how they learn, and that's how you get. They got good at doing what they're doing. So let and, me ask you this then. And, and Boomers in the chat, and I noticed a lot of other people in the chat have right wonderful YouTube channels. Yep. And I'm guilty of this as anybody because I followed. Luke Tone and you guys mentioned Boomer. They didn't start making out trees and stuff like that. No, no. And and even Heath has talked to me about this. Is that maybe the sum to work on a new year is when I'm doing a project, show my mistakes, okay? Because I live by the phrase that a master has failed more times than the beginner has tried. You yes, know, I got yep. all those things on the wall because my trash can is filled with <laughs> melted trains and broken trees and you know uh, right. static grass applicators that have zapped me all the way out the door but i i think maybe that's exactly what you said mike that you have to learn to do it and i always yeah. preach to the guys well i don't i don't want to learn weathering on my 350 dollar beautiful <laughs> <repeat> engine <laughs> but why can't you go buy a two dollar shell at a train show paint it the same color and go at it that, or yep. you know, or not even paint it at all. Just go at trying right. to weather it the way it is. Go right. buy mm -hmm. some broken. If somebody's going to buy it, Luke Lemons is a master at this. He'll go to a right. show and he'll buy a box of crap, garbage, <laughs> crap, yeah. literally for $5. Yeah. And it'll have like 10 things in it. He'll come back and he'll go, oh, hey, you know, this. if I put this with this, you know, I can kind of make this look into this, you know. But it comes down to, through all of that, it comes down to the experience of being able to understand what you can and what what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And then you always have practice parts, yeah. like you said. You know, so if you want to try something, you know, yeah. make new a, mistakes. Make new, yeah, make, make new, mistakes. new mistakes. Why not? Sure. If you want to learn how to splice a shell together, okay. Cut a shell apart, put it together. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's, and if you make a mistake, you're all what? Yeah. 20 cents. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, don't do it on your $80 reefer car, though. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, no. I mean, and you can. raise 100% right on the internet is, I think a lot of us who are my age or more look back at things that changed the hobby would be when, Atlas brought out the Cato drives. Oh, you know, yeah. we had this, yep. And then came DCC. And then came the internet. 
And now we're pushing the boundaries like Bernard with 3D and laser cutting and things like that. But it's, it's the internet. There's just so much information. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast where you go down the rabbit hole and you gather this information to the point of you're the expert. You know, I don't, I don't know how much more of red dirt information I could gather that I'm not the guy to write the book, you know, and things like that. The other side of this hobby and the internet, though, is that, like, you may go and collect all the red dirt information, but then you're willing to share it with other people right? as well. And I do think that that is fairly unique for this hobby, although, I, you know, I'm not in every hobby, so I don't know. But I do think, in general, we are all very free with giving away information and while there are still some areas where, you know, they're not as encouraging uh, for me over the last three years, I've found that everybody, you know, has been encouraging of mistakes and have been encouraging of, you know, keep going, just try it again and, uh, you know, see what comes out of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I, I go to, I'll just bring up my other hobby, you know, fishing, right? We're not sharing information, you know, to the point of, oh, I was, you know, going trolling at this speed and I was using this bait and I was in this spot and, you know, I caught the biggest fish of my life. You know, we don't, we don't share that information. In fact, even when we post a picture of the fish we caught, we blur out the background so you can't find out on the lake where I am, you know? So I think that, I think that's a really big difference, um, you know, between this hobby and others is the sharing of information. And I can tell you this, I, I, when I was growing up, I had one modeling mentor um, and he, he lived in town here and he actually wasn't really a model railroader. He was a shipbuilder. He was a master shipbuilder and he, he scratch built everything, you know, even the, the cannons, he turned them on a lathe and all this. He built these beautiful scale, old, tall ships. And he was my modeling mentor. But now, with the advent of the internet, I have hundreds of modeling mentors that I can pick up in Facebook Messenger and just say, hey, I'm having problems with this. Um, you know, can you help me out with it? And, and we get on a call and can even demonstrate uh, some of the some of the things that yeah. some of the areas I went wrong. So I think I think that's really, really interesting that it's you, you use the analogy of the hockey team, right? Well, now we're all one giant hockey team um, that can talk to anyone on the team. And it doesn't matter if you're a Pittsburgh Penguin or a Detroit Red Wing or a Chicago Blackhawk or wherever. Um, you're, you're all on the, you're all available. And Minnesota Wild, there I said it, okay? Yeah, that's happy? better. Are you, are you happy? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, At you least... mentioned the C word. I was yeah, no, nope. yeah, right. <laughs> Chicago. Ugh. They're they're my team right now, and they're terrible. All right, we're no longer <laughs> friends. It doesn't matter. Wisconsin Minnesota has a team. hockey team. Oh, wow! Oh, wow! Wow! But but I guess I, I guess where I was going with that is that there's just this this amazing connection now um, with with far more people than I ever had. You know, I had one person before. Now I have hundreds, thousands of people that I can reach out to, to get help, right. um, to even just chat about like what we're doing tonight, you know, just random topics within the hobby. I didn't have that before. Now I do. And it's all because of the internet. So 
throw a Paul Kassar's comment there. It, that there's there's a great one right yeah. there. Yeah. Fifteen thousand members in eighteen Incredible. months. Yeah, between Paul and, and the admins he's got, he's got, he's built a great group. Um, he's paying me to say that by the words, so I'm going to continue <laughs> talking about him. Um, but it's all in Australian money, so who knows how I'm going to spend it. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, but no, fantastic job, and it, it tells you that you know where where this is all coming from. And then when I say the internet, you know, all the aspects of the internet, whether it be YouTube, social media, whatever, it's that, that's where it's at right now. It, it, that's where all that info's coming from. I do want to hit on one other point you guys did say about sharing of information. The good news is that I have only run into a very few people that don't think that way. That don't think that they think that, that what they know is a secret or they can't share it. And it is really sad. Just simply don't be that way. It really isn't a secret. And most times it's all been done before. You know, let it out. And in turn, you become the expert on it. It benefits you. It benefits the hobby. And you become a better modeler by sharing your information. You become a better modeler. Because when you put it out there and then you learn yeah. something new by putting it out there as well. So. Yeah, just just help grow the hobby and grow, help grow yourself by, by getting that information and sharing it in, in, in any way possible. I still find it funny that the, the manufacturers keep everything so under wraps as to <laughs> what they are planning on doing two, three, four years away as if as if as if there's anybody that has the pockets deep enough to go and start something up to do to to outdo what they're trying to do. See, I don't think it's that though. I think if they announce product, you know, ABC, let's say announce product D, right, it's coming out in 2025, and it's the the 15 car North Coast Limited. Well, then people are starting to save up, and they're not going to buy products A, B, and C. No, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a good way of putting it. That's so, a good. But I want to go back to what Ray said, and I'm going to make this one point because this was talked about on one of the early year podcasts and everybody else, if you had somebody new, and I should ask everyone in chat, if you had a new model router and they were just starting, what is one thing you would give them? What is the one thing you would want to give them to get them going? And I used to hear, oh, I'll give them a magazine. I'll give them, you know, tools from Micromark. Or I'll give them a solder, a DCC set. I'll give you a secret. The best thing you can give a new model router is your time. Mm. You know, is absolutely your time and your knowledge. And I think Andy meant, mentioned it before, a mentor. You yeah. know, we all got where we were because of various mentors. And I think we're all very smart that we followed some good people. And I know with Mike, we'll talk on the railroad when we learned our skills. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of guys we learned we learned from by we're not going to be that guy you know everybody, everybody teaches you stuff some people taught you what not to be but yeah i'll i'll share one real quick story on that <laughs> give people your time i used to work god rest his soul george marino when i went to begin my very first trip as an engineer training we had to used to, on the wc we used to have to take 60 trips I was terrified because I knew I had worked with this guy as a conductor for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to run. I, I got George. He's going to, wow, he's just going to grill me. He says, all right, let's go to Fond du Lac. 
We got on the train in Shawano, Wisconsin, 11 and 12. We got on the train. He says, let's go to Fond du Lac. That was it. And he sat over on the other side of the engine, and he let me just run. <laughs> and then we got down to, we got all the way to Fond du Lac. He never said a word, not a word. All of a sudden, he gets it. We get to Fond du Lac. I said, go to change ends on the power, and we get on our other train. We're going to go. He says, I go to sit down in the engineer's seat to go back. He says, uh-uh. You, he goes, you stand right here, and I'm going to show you how to go back. He goes, we went down your way. From now on, you do it my way. And this is, <laughs> and and that was exactly it. Out of my 60 trips, I took 40 of my 60 tri training trips with that guy. And he always told me, you run every train, no matter what time of the year it is, like it's 70 degrees below zero, you're never going to get a knuckle. You'll never have problems with your air. You'll never mm. have problems stopping. You'll never have issues with anything. I kind of feel as if model railroading can go along those same lines where there are certain things where if you stay tried, there are some things in this hobby that are just tried and true, right? And if you try to deviate sometimes, Katie things number kind of, five couplers. Katie number five <laughs> couplers. There's a very, very good one. That is a very, very, very good one. I mean, we've tried 58s and there's the sergeants. And like for me, my I have a small shelf layout. So and it's very, you know, hands-on. So the Kate the, the sergeants work for me. But Katie number fives, uh the what is it? Oh, they call the RP25 wheels, right? Uh, the isn't that the that's the the main scale wheel that is used I believe correct is on in HO scale is that the one that they use RP25 yeah. something like that yeah something like that there are some things that are just mainstream right and if you just stick with it you're never going to go wrong you won't have issues it's when you start to deviate left and right from some of these things that you start getting into troubles and when you try getting cute, that's when that's when problems arise, right? So, uh, you know, I guess I don't know. It's just I always always thought, thought that was a cute, uh, cool story because that's a, a memory of mine that I try to apply even when I'm training somebody new. Is that in the industry? And Tom, I'm sure you've done the same thing. Where there's certain things where there's just no other way to do something, you know, and and it's the best way to do this is this way and. You know, it's again, ask me how I know. Yeah. You know. I, I think sometimes the uh, the hobby in general can be a, an, an overwhelming and sometimes intimidating one. And with that, when, when, when folks see stuff that's being created, that's just so amazingly done. And, you know, some for some, they'll look at that and go, I don't know if I can do that. You know, they have the, the doubts and, you know, and the anxiety over seeing a massive model railroad. I, I, I think, you know, I've, I think you hit very well, Tom, on that point of, you know, mentorship. I had my mentor and he did the same kinds of things. You know, he would, he would encourage lead by asking questions instead of just making statements. You know, at, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's all management. It's all psychiatry. It's all a human thing. Maybe we should get Dan Dosa in here and he can help us out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, uh, you know, we can all lay on the couch and have a conversation with Dan. <laughs> show, show, point to the SDL 39. Where, yeah, where, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, 
But nonetheless, it's encouragement that they can, and no matter which way they go in, if they never hit or don't have a desire to hit that level, they don't have to. They're in, and you know, and and finding out what really drives them, and encouraging that, not what you want, what they want. And my mentor was very much about that. He's like, "What do you want? What do you want to accomplish? Mm. Here are the things." And then don't don't put your railroad on their layout. Put their layout on their you know, their railroad on their layout. And uh, if you can do that and encourage, and the other big thing he always taught me was, if you don't like it, rip it out. Yeah, just rip it out. Just you know, if you don't like it, rip it out. And you know, you have that kind of encouragement, and and that you feel that you you're doing something, even if it may not be at that Celios boomer, whatever you want to talk about the. You know, maybe the the Mount Rushmore of of model railroading, and maybe that's another discussion for another podcast. But <laughs> there <laughs> but, you go, uh, Andy. Write that down. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. The, the Mount Rushmore of model railroading. Who's the four on the yeah. on the thing? You have to start a wow. poll. Yeah, Whoa. but nonetheless, and then get a referee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll have to kick more people out of the chat. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Before we get too far off technology, though, I I posted it and you brought the comment up. I I do just want to bring up, well, yes, the Internet has been the most impactful. I do think having locomotives, especially in end scale for us end scalers, that run more often than they don't has been a huge influence to keeping people in the hobby and engaged, uh, you know. I mentioned the eighties locomotives, you know, I have up there. It's like, yeah, you, you know, you push them around the layout more than you're actually like (laughs) the transformer sometimes. And to have the technology that the paint uh, details on an end scale locomotive, like all of that technology enables, and people were talking about shelf layouts is I can have an end scale shelf layout now that actually operates Whereas back in the 80s, it, it wasn't accessible to me. And that's only because of technology. Yeah, the, mo- the motors, the, the motor technology alone in end scale. Don't, don't even talk about DCC. Just the DC motor systems alone and the drive systems that they've come out with are miles. It, they're light years ahead of where they were in the 80s. I've got some of the same stuff. I've got some old santa fe pas and things like that and i've got a believe it or not i have a san a santa fe fl9 because you know how that was back in the 80s i mean they just threw santa fe paint on everything and but none of them run and there's nothing to them they're just straight dc the motors are all shot and they're, they're just old and and well the one that does run is you know you know an 80s type motor so yeah the motor technology you're 100 correct Heath. that end scale technology is just you know the level of detail is amazing you know is in end scale right now it's it's I mean, a big renaissance for the scale i, I love it yeah, you know yeah but it, it, it's just it's fascinating like back in 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 i guess the when i when i was getting started in the i'll date myself here in the in the 80s and 90s right um you know we didn't have, you know, we had, we had a, a power pack and two wires and then, and then basically a, an Athern or, or something that you ran back and forth. 
And now the the technology, you know, DCC wasn't really a thing uh, back then, and now it is. And things like infrared sensors and other types of um, compute, you know, mi microcontrollers are adding to the to to model railroading where before it was just, you know, turn the knob, flip the switch to turn it backwards and then run it the other way. So I like, you know, I know that they're making higher quality, higher reliability things smaller now. So, you know, N scale gets to benefit from that, but like there, it also opens up whole other avenues, like for automation, um, we were never able to automate before. Right. And I mean, he, yeah. you, you have technology on your, on your layout that assists with automation, don't you? Yeah. I, um, ISE has, uh, Iowa scaled engineering yeah. has just been, uh, fantastic. The, the ideas and the things that they're coming up with. And I, I love the motorman. I've got two of them here right now. I've bought three total, gave one away as a gift. Uh, but the ability to have that little bit of automation uh, and have it be so simple, you know, I don't have to program it. I don't have to wire up any complicated circuitry. It's just, you just plug it in and it works and uh, it, it makes the hobby a lot more accessible. I, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up a word that is a favorite on the crossing gate. The Arduino. <laughs> ah, look at Ken. Ken just went. Ken just. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Everybody drink. Honestly, honestly, the do-it-yourself automation circuitry with the Arduinos, and that's a whole. That kind of where we're at with that kind of takes me back to the times in was it railroad model craftsman when they used to run the electronics the ken and tom and, and guys do, do you guys remember that back in the 80s where they used to have the electronics in model railroading segments where they would show you was that model railroader or railroad model craftsman one of those two where they would show you the schematic of a circuit board that you could oh, wow. actually that you could actually build mm. and it might be something for like a signal circuit it wasn't like block detection. It was just a red, green, yellow, how to do like the push button signal circuit type stuff or, or certain things. Do you guys remember that back in the magazines back, back then seventies, eighties, early, maybe I don't think in the nineties, but Heather, we're getting, you know, stuff. that that was the early command control. I, and I think that was in model railroad there. They showed you how to build the, and I don't know if that was the AS track or the what it was, but gosh, yes, I remember was that, that. Was that Bruce Chubb's thing? Was that when he had on the Sunset? Was that the Sunset Lim Sunset, Sunset Belt Limited? Sunset Limited wasn't. Didn't Bruce Chubb have a cab control yes. style thing that yeah. he that yeah, he CTC built? CTC sixteen or something like yeah, that. yeah, CTC sixteen, and that right. yeah, there you go. Thank you, Happy Valley, uh, but Whoops. it. Uh, yeah, that that was uh, that you could really take DCC all the way back to that, really, couldn't you? Could you yeah, take it back even to farther, that? either even far, further you know, back? The, the Asterisk system. Uh, all right, 
was just insane. <laughs> Sunset Valley. Sunset Valley. Tom O'Connell. Thank you for Thank you, Tom. Yeah. But I yeah. remember those circuits, even like Heath just went through the electronics achievement program certificate, did wonderful on it. But they used to post hot circuits on how to make a switch machine with those huge twin coil solenoids. <laughs> yep. They were bigger than an N-scale box car. And the lights <laughs> and the lights would dim if you did three of them on a yard ladder. You know, and they'd pop. And it sounded like you were at the at the rifle range and you're <laughs> But yeah, I remember those, you know, that's they had to teach you how to wire that up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I said two layouts ago, I I had the Radio Shacks dial with six different throttles, six different DC throttles. Yeah. What a mess. What an LCC mess. LCC is so new. Yeah. I'm if Dan Dyer. Uh, if you, uh, is BN, it's the, the river is, division, right? River division. Yeah. He's actually starting to install, uh, LCC on his layout and he has a massive layout and he's actually going step by step through all the parts. So if you go sharing. over to the B, yeah, she's sharing everything he's doing. So go over to the river division and check out. Yeah, the BN River Division by Dan Dyer, and and he is doing a really good job with his videos and explaining things. And uh, he's a uh, a television chief engineer for a television station, so he knows his electronics very very well. Um, so it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it, LCC is that's just another thing to throw into the hat, you know, when it comes to technology. Um, I think LCC's got a huge uphill battle, though. Um, DCC, I think, really changed the way people operated their railroads. LCC is kind of just an open-source version of LocoNet and DCC Concepts ESP and, you know, NC's cap. Like, everyone's got these layout, these proprietary systems that a lot right. of people have bought right. into. And for LCC to replace all of them, uh, going back to the vendors and manufacturers, I think un unless more vendors and manufacturers buy into LCC and start integrating it, I think it's going to have a really hard time uh, getting traction. It might be something that's good for a supplement to a layout or like a, for a, an area on a layout. Like if you have a large industrial area or something, you could run LCC off of that, but your main layout is run off of, say, Digitracks or something. You know, is, is that kind of what you're talking about there, Heath, is something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, with the, with the command station I have, I can use multiple different layout. Uh, so LCC is layout command control. Uh, the idea being is that you're separating your, uh, what do you call it, your motive power control from all of your like turnouts and lighting and all that kind of uh, stuff. So it's so it's separated. But yeah, I mean the system that I run, I could run multiple different protocols, none of them being LCC. But it there's just so much out there already that manufacturers are really pushing that they've already spent their R&D money on and they're looking to get their return on it that they're not jumping on uh, you know the LCs there's um, now I'm blanking on their name but 
there's basically two companies doing LCC right now, right? TCS okay. and uh, RR circuits. circuits. Yeah, RR and, circuits. And the rest of it is all homebrew, which is which you can do. You know, you can make your own LCC stuff. It's you know available for you to do that. Um, but as as Russ says, you know, DCC was out for like ten years before it became really popular. So yep. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with LCC. And whether more manufacturers adopt it and whether it does become, you know, the standard. Yeah, I, I you know, just in my line of work, you, you ha with, especially with like signaling and messaging protocol, you have to have some sort of standard, you know, set up. Otherwise, you know, it's like, uh, for example, your car, right? So all of the messages that go from your engine to your transmission to everywhere else, right? They all have a standard set of signals that they, you know, send. And if you have a proprietary system, it's it's very difficult to troubleshoot and figure out what did what did what message did that little that node, that little controller, what message did that send to that thing on the layout? What did, what did it do and, and why did it do it? So I think I think there has to be some sort of standardization around LCC for it to actually get any traction. You know, like in, in the automotive industry, we have the Society of Automotive Engineers and they come down and they come down from the mountain with the two tablets that say, these are your signals, right? right? These are the signals that your car is going to make and talk and listen to. You can do a few things to it, but overall, these are the signals. The same thing has to happen um with lcc and and these other companies got to get behind that otherwise it's going to be a uphill sledding for them the whole way because no one's going to want to try and figure out a proprietary system well and this is a good transition into you know organizations and the state of organizations uh, mm -hmm. you know one of the one of the big organizations is the one driving the standardization of lcc but I would also argue that that organization has a um, a public image issue that they're working to overcome. Um, but, you know, vendors and manufacturers are, let's say, a 6 out of 10. Technology is probably a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I, I think organization, organization, somebody else made the word. Um, Org organizations. Yeah, orgs, orgs. Yeah. We could just uh, call it orgs, orgs for sure. There you go. Uh, I think orgs have been something that's been not very strong over the last year. And again, because of like the internet, you know, you don't have to go to that one organization. You can now choose, choose your tribe, as they say, yeah. uh, because there's so much more access. You can say the letters, you know, Heath. It's okay. Yeah. We, well, you can say it. You can say it. Nobody's well, going to come yeah, over to right. your house. We're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to torch and pitchfork you for this. <laughs> but so you're, you're referencing the, the National Model Railroad Association, right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. how um, dare you? No, there, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say it. Let's, let's talk about it, right? It's okay. Oh, and I am right. a big supporter of them. I am a member of the NMRA. I have butt heads as recently as a week ago with, you know, certain things in the organization. Um, but it's also, you know, if there's not an ease of access to it, if there's 
too much pushback, your new modelers might just, you know, go join the second section podcast community instead. I mean, everyone should do that anyway. Of course. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I'm not taking this one. No. <laughs> uh, we have two, absolutely we have two prominent members of, of, of the NMRA here. We got Tom and, and Ken. So who's a we... member on the panel? A lot of the six of us who are NMRA members. Just ask it. Oh man. So so we're former members. We're former members. You gotta be in it to complain. That's oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you, know, no. It, no. you know, I I uh the NMRA is not any different than a lot of other organizations or companies. Or It's a human society, community. And uh, if you don't like it, it's your fault because, <laughs> because it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, you know, uh, you have to change it. When, when I got back into Model Railroad and I got involved with the division, and it was a it was abominable. You know, everybody just sat there and looked at each other and and didn't do anything. And and uh, so I got involved with a few other guys, and and now the division is is lively. And and I think I think that's that's great. But it's not something I can take credit for completely. I, I certainly was part of the catalyst, but it's the guys like Tom and and there's many other guys in our division. To go out of their way to be welcoming. Uh, we talked about sharing and mentoring, and uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. The second uh, section podcast is a is a way to share and mentor, but there's other ways, and 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 I think we all owe it to ourselves and each other to build more community. And, and this is bigger than a model railroad thing. I'm saying in general. Uh, our society is lacking because we don't have community and we don't do enough interaction. I, I just think we have to do more of that. So I spend a lot of time with that, and it takes time away from modeling. Yeah, but but I, I but I think that's good. We we back in the day we we lived under so many false pretenses because we didn't have these opportunities to have a community like like the podcast we're talking on now or the division, uh, you would look in the magazines and you'd see these pictures of these big, glorious railroads. And what you didn't realize is the 10 pictures in the, in the magazine were most of the pictures was most of the parts of the layout that were done. The rest of the layout looked just like everybody else's layout. And, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell people if they say, Hey, I want to build a huge layout. Come on over to my house when we're not having an open house and let me show you about the maintenance because there's a heck of a lot of maintenance. So, uh, you know, build your, learn from other people, build your small layout first. Uh, and these are all the kind of things that, that you get because you know other people and know their community. You can, get in a, you can get in a little silo on the internet and only talk to people that uh, believe exactly like you believe. But I think we really need to encourage people to get out and uh, and get involved with more people. Mike, I remember you told said one time that 
you went into your NMRA group and made a lot of suggestions and they wouldn't do it. So you got mad and quit. And then you found out six or eight months later, they were doing exactly what you proposed they do. And I, and I think that's exactly why you need to be in the NMRA because, because you are the kind of guy that drives change. And sometimes you're a pain in the ass. Okay, so <laughs> I I actually accept that as a compliment. <laughs> and I know you do. I work hard to sh- be a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, Mike, is there anybody here that's not at some point a pain in the ass? Though I think, well, right, but but Mike, there's there's a big point to be made here. You can have the fanciest washing machine. You can buy the nicest detergent you want. You can use hot water. You can use cold water. It doesn't matter. The washing machine will not work. Unless there's an agitator. There you go, Mike, oh, the agitator. Wow. Ken, can I ask you just a, a quick question? So since yeah. we're on, on the topic and we're kind of giving out grades here and there. Um, so about the, the topic of the NMRA, can I ask you, what's one thing that you really love about it? And then what's one thing that you wish you could change about it? It, um, it's a big organization that's trying to be everything for everybody. And yeah. so as a result, as a result, every one of us can look at it and say, it doesn't do enough for me. And, and, but that's the same with any other big organization. The thing that I like about it is that we are getting people involved that want to build community and and that's being successful. That's why the Twin City Division is growing. We did a uh, an operations retreat and got everybody talking about operations. We did a modelers meet, and uh, now we're on five years, and it's one of the highlights of the modeling year here. So, so it's the thing I like about it is the people. The thing I hate about it is the people. Yeah. Perfect. That's, but I mean, I think from the sounds of it, it, it sounds like you're, you're a lot of the work is, is building that, that culture, that community, yeah, right? It is. Exactly. And, and, uh, I think that's, that's interesting that, that those are the, the big takeaways there. Tom, do you have any thoughts on, I guess, uh, the NMRA and, and some, some of the, I guess, you know, how does, how would it look? Or how does it, how does it, how could it be viewed as an indicator as the state of, of the hobby of model railroading, this, this organization? As an indicator. I think people look at the NMRA membership and then they look at magazine subscriptions. And I think that's totally wrong. A lot of different things drive the NMRA membership. You know, when a national convention comes up, Dallas will probably gain 400 members because they want to go to the train show in Dallas and a year from now they're all leaving. Yeah. And and so I I don't know what's an indicator. I think what an indicator of the hobby is how the NMRA has grown under Gordy Robinson, that he has this vision and only a 10th of it has come to fruition, but I see more Sure. that you have an organization now that has somebody kicking and dragging everybody else into the 22nd century, whatever we are in now. And 
And I think that's, I see it as a positive that it's going in the right direction. And as for people griping about it, this is my take. If you join the Lions, the Kiwanis, the JCs, Knights of Columbus, you have to pay dues, right? Same with the NMRA. So if you pay dues to join a volunteer group, you then own that group. So if you go in there and gripe about that group, you're griping about yourself. And Heath and I have talked about this because we want to go in there and change things, and you do run into gatekeepers. I won't deny that. But you have to find ways around them to sure. get what you want to do. And I don't understand where people, Heath, or you know, we talk about people step up like, well, I want to volunteer for this. And Ken, as a, as a superintendent, is genius at this. Because at our, at our Twin Cities Division meetings, people come up to him and go, hey, why don't we do this? And Ken, being the old military guy, looks him in the eye and says, great, you're in charge. Do it. Run, you know. <laughs> and, and then it, that kind of changes their attitude on that. And I also feel that, like any other group you want to do, the people at either end of the spectrum make the most noise. Where the rest of us in the middle just want to do this. And you said, what do I love about, let's, I like I like your question, maybe go around, what do I love about the NMRA? Is the yeah. friendship. Yeah. Absolutely the friendships. And, and what they could do better are the things that I always think any volunteer group does really poorly. And that is to welcome members and retain them. Mm-hmm. The two, they should have specific jobs, even at the national level, regional, yeah. down to the division of, of Heath. You are the welcome committee. These three guys are new members. You make sure they get to meet everybody at a meeting. You give them this. They get name tags. They're welcome. And Oster tag, Mike, you're in the military. We need a career planner or a career jammer. You know, It's like, oh, I, we, we see your membership's up. Are you going to stick around? And if they say no, well, what, why? And what can we change about that? I think that's where we really, we as the NRA do a poor job on that of welcoming members, making them feel welcome. And then once they're here, make keeping them. And it's not for everybody. Sure. And I and I'm a big I'm a big proponent of the tunnel. I call it the tunnel of life. And because you, you go to these conventions and you see all the guys that are that look like me at my age, well, that's who should be there. <laughs> because it, it, and we were talking about youth and the hobby. I hope we get to that at time. But if you if you're a young person and you join the NMRA or get in the hobby at 18, 19. And then you go out and you go to school or military or get a job. And then you, you, you find, you find a person you're interested in a spouse or something. And you have some kids and you're putting them through school and other jobs and you're buying a house, but you still like trains, but you're, but you're going through this tunnel. And so at an NMRA convention, I made comments to some people that I didn't want to see them there because they were in like their mid twenties or something. And I'm like, you should not be spending your vacation in a hotel room in Cleveland learning how to ballast track. You better be on the beach <laughs> in Daytona, right? You better be skiing in, in, in Banff, you know, go down to yeah, Mexico. Right. Or There's plenty of time when, when the kids move out and like, right, we, you have time and money place, come to the convention that, you know, everybody always thinks, oh, everybody leaves the hobby. They don't leave the hobby. They're still buying model riveters. They're still picking up kits. They're still looking on the internet, YouTube. 
but they got recitals to go to and I got college and they got games. Yeah. And that's, that's when you welcome them back. So that's what I would think. I think we need somebody to welcome members and we need a, we need a planner when they want to leave. Just to throw out some stats, uh, Otto Vendrock in a 12-21-2022, uh, so what is that, a week ago, USA Today article estimates at least 350,000 model railroad or hobbyists live in North America, ages 9 to 90. And there's, what are we at, like 15,000 in the NMRA right now? Yeah. So I'd, I'd say there's more than 300,000, but. I think no one knows how big this hobby is. Yeah. No, I don't, I'd, I'd agree with you there. <clears throat> so Ray, what about you? You, you raised your hand. Do you have, I did? <laughs> yeah. About being a member of the MRA. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In terms of the, in terms of the hobby uh, organization and, and maybe we'll just go around and, and say, Hey, what did you really like about it? And what did you, and what did you not like? I scribbled uh-huh. down what my my favorite quote that I used uh, recently in an article, and, and and the quote is, and it's a sales quote. It's price is only an issue in the absence of value, right? And what many, it, it's a struggle. Who's who's responsible, right? And I put an I wrote an article about hobby shops and who's responsible, and I was very clear who I felt was responsible in understanding value proposition. I think Ken has a very valid point about both both parties need to understand the value in, in, in an organization like the NMRA. It, 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 you you got to have the national organization to have all the standards set, to have that connection that connects, to, to have that one center point of the hub. But you also have to, as the organization, be able to present your value to your members as well for them to understand why do I have that card in my wallet? What, what does it give me? And I think that's a, it's, it's an ongoing challenge. It's an ongoing challenge. I was president of a fire department, volunteer fire, fire company for 12 years and a member and life member now. <clears throat> excuse me. And it was a challenge keeping members, greeting members, encouraging them. Um, you know, but that's all that's that's part of the leadership, too. And, mm-hmm. and there's no better person to greet a new member than the highest level of membership of, of leadership. Right. Because it was, how cool is it that the chief came and talked to me and said, hey, welcome to the fire department. It's good to see you. And thank you for being a part of our organization. And, then, and so should be. And, and I'm a member of, a, of, a, of a, you know, the, the NMRA, and I, I attend the Nutmeg meetings. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I think the Nutmeg division could do better. And I think there's probably a lot of divisions that if they actually took a look in the mirror, they could say, I can do better. I can do better at reaching out to new members. I can do better at reaching out to a member I haven't seen in a couple of months and just tickling and say, Hey, how you doing? And making sure, but it's work, right? And you know, and it's all what you want to put into it. And that comes from leadership. It comes from membership. I think there's a validity to it, uh, for sure. Um, but it, it's along the lines of the challenge that's facing a multitude of different organizations. But with that said, you can't rest on that and just say, oh, well, everybody else is having that problem. So I guess it's okay. You got to be yeah. able to come up with a solution right. for it. So I think, I think that's a, that's an interesting take about the, the quote about the value for money. Right. And, 
and, and he, I'm starting to make some connections here with <clears throat> the NMRA, right? And at, the, at, at its core, what is the purpose of the organization, right? It's, it's to, to propagate the standards out so that we can all enjoy the hobby. It's about building a community that people will donate their time to teach and help others learn, right? And if you, if you, if you just want to come and, and pay your money and stand there to, just to say that you're a, I'm a member of the NMRA, I'm a member of this uh, organization, but you're not the one that's there to, you know, actually put in the time and the effort to, um, you know, actually help, you know, help teach a, a new modeler or a struggling modeler some some sort of, you know, way to 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 help them enjoy the hobby better. I think that's I think that's the problem, right? You know, where where people can just say, okay, I paid my money, what do I get? And, and then they just kind of go, okay, I want stuff now, but they don't want to, they don't really understand that the organization is to, to help others, to, to promote the learning of it, to, uh, I don't know, build that community, right? I, I mean, my time spent in the NMRA was fairly short. Um, and I, I will say that the things that I did like about it um, was the camaraderie, the friendship, you know, they were all all of it was it was great everyone in the organization was was you know a really nice person the thing that i thought we could have done better and what ended up frustrating me the most was i didn't feel like we did enough in the aspect of education mm-hmm. and and i think or or we didn't have a really good strategy for membership retention or you know and that bo- that bothered me because I I'm a numbers guy. I saw the the dwindling or the declining you know uh, um, you know uh, subscribers or whatever you know the membership right. And we just kind of threw our hands up and said, well, I don't know what to do. Um, we never really sat down and developed anything in terms strategically to say, hey, you know, Andy's gonna and it, I'll take the blame for for some of it too because um, I was superintendent of the division. And, you know, I could have, I, I, I was the assistant. Suit. Right. I could have, you know? I could have said something or actually been the fire chief that went out and talked to someone. So I could, I'll take the blame there uh, for some of that stuff. But for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you gotta be wired right to be in, in the NMRA. That's for sure that you want to be there to help. And I think if you're just going to be there to take, it's not the right thing for you. For me, the biggest issue I had with with the whole situation was the fact that there was always a reason why not to do something. There was, and that, that, I'm not like that. I I am not like that. If I, if there's an idea that comes up, like you said, like you said, Tom, it, it can't go, great idea. Let's go make it happen. You're in charge, you know. And then all of a sudden you say that, and the next thing you know is, oh wait, well, 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 no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I'm just bringing up the idea. Well, that's too bad. You opened your mouth. Now you're in charge. <laughs> you know, you know. Now it's your, it's your problem because you opened your mouth. It's a great idea. Let's run with it. Well, we can't afford it. Well, the division has it. Well, there's, the, we're not going to get any right away before you even. And Andy, how many times did this happen before we even left the meeting? the idea was dead. Yeah. Mm. And, and time and time and time again. And then Andy and I leave. And next thing you know, 
they're all like, hmm, hey, that's a pretty good. Now all of a sudden, now that we're not there, now it's okay to do this stuff. And and so that to me kind of put a sour taste in my mouth is the fact that okay, really, I, it wasn't good enough to do while I was in one of the member, you know, leadership part of the leadership group. But as soon as we go away, now it's okay to do that. Same Where's concept. Dan Dosa when we need him? <laughs> right? Really? Because he's, he's show me a... where the NMRA hurts you. Yeah. Mike, you. I've had so many other things. I mean, I had I had issues with people at, at, at our things. I'm still waiting for merit, for merit awards from things I earned at shows, at, at, at meets. I'm still waiting for some of that stuff. And, and you know, there's just a uh, I have a very large issue with the way the whole organization is organized. Really, I think there's too much. So, I think it's there's too many steps that need to be done to do certain things, and it, it's not that they're bad steps. It's just that they get lost. You know, you and could take all of what you just said, Mike, and you can take it and apply it to most every organization ever. Right. right. You know, yeah. Fire department, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, PTOs, yep. every single organization has those struggles when you have um, kind of a, a democracy ish run operation with some elected leadership or quasi elected. Like, uh, here's the here's the guy that's going to get, you know, put in by one vote by the secretary because nobody else will run against them kind of situations, <laughs> too. Right. So it's hard. And, you know, when I said Dan Dosen, bring him in here is talk about the, the, the mentality to change, right? The, this is the way we've always done it. So we're not going to change. And you can take that all the way down to the ground with you. Yep. And, and it takes a lot and it takes strong leadership. It takes a lot of open-mindedness and it takes a lot of persistence to make that mentality change. And it's all done. It's not done in in a in 90 degrees or 180 degree turns it's two three four degrees at a time mm-hmm. uh, again 12 years as a, a president of a volunteer fire company when you go in and you got the guys that you know one guy argued why do we need a copier have you ever heard of carbon paper <laughs> literally you know i mean those are the conversations <laughs> that you would have with with some of the old timers right yeah. it's like you don't need a copy yeah. machine just pencil and carbon paper you can do it so again, not to go on and on, but that's that's every organization, and and again, it's with the NMRA with all these divisions and regions, and you've got you've got to have such a strong signal being sent from the top that makes sure that it cascades down through all of these regions and divisions to drive this. Gordy's got a lot on his plate, and and, and everybody else at the top, that's a, that's a big challenge to take an organization and make sure that the message that Gordy is trying to drive and the board is trying to drive at the national level reaches down through and across the globe now, making sure that that message cascades right down to the meeting that I had at the Weathersfield Police Department two weeks ago, making sure that same spirit and message is driven very big challenge but i think it can be done it just takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort and, and a wicked amount of patience mm-hmm. and mike another thing ray spot on you know i can and i can probably even say that's in the military 
we did something recently with our buddy Heath over here when people in his division were having issue physical issues to come and judge or do something. And now with the internet, like you said, APs or merits, we can do it on here. And the way it's going, and Heath is probably going to be the best guinea pig for this. I don't, I don't want to use that word guinea pig, but the best beta model is his application. Correct me, Heath, if I get this wrong, for the electrical certificate and the achievement program was judged by two guys in Minnesota. We can't submit the, the paperwork. It has to still go through his division. But if you did certain things, you can now reach out across divisions. Hey, who's qualified to do this? You know, is that a new thing, Tom? Is that a new thing? Yeah. Yeah, because, well, it's been new since the pandemic. There's Heath and I, we call it the showstopper because we don't want YouTube to yank us off for the C word. But a lot of people were having certain things judged on Zoom or YouTube. I know they I know they really don't want to judge, you know, if, if Ray had a scratch built box car, somebody who still wants to see that in person. But the tiny little secret about the AP program, there's only three categories where you need to have a model earn a merit award. The rest is pass fail. Electrical, civil, senior, you know, things like that. Right. So we can judge those things over this platform. And then you'll have this in our names. And Heath, what did we make? We made PDFs. You sent them to David and I. Yep. Another master model router. Sent them back to Heath, and he had all his all his work onto his division, and he's just waiting waiting the results. Now, I will say, we did ruffle some feathers. <laughs> some people were very unhappy. And at the end of the day, it was what, I feel like I needed to do that in maybe a year or two. The person behind me isn't going to have to go through that, you know, and um, I, so you're kind of falling on the sword, so to speak. Correct. Well, he's no, he's 100%. the lead dog in this three foot. Of snow. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he's, he's making the path. Yeah. And so, you know. so I saw a comment earlier about, Somebody asking about uh, what can be done to bring me back. I don't know. I have I have such a I have such a bitter sour taste about what has what my experience has been that coming back is it's not even in my wheelhouse right now. It's not even something that I've even given any thought because I, I'm getting a large sense of community and accomplishment and all these other things without having to pay dues and without having to do these things. Now, I understand it's it's not maybe the same as being part of the NMRA, and it's it's not, but I can still go to shows. That doesn't change anything. The community part, there's there's enough communities out there that I'm a part of that you know that I can learn from and do things and and I'm fairly certain Tom if I ask you how to do something you're not going to turn your back on me whether I'm a member or not so and that's the beautiful thing about this hobby is the fact that 
like we were saying, sharing the ideas, sharing the sharing our our, our knowledge is what everything is about. You, you shouldn't need to have you know, be a member of 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 an organization or anything like that in order to be able to do that. So it's, it's to me, for me, myself personally, it it would take a lot right now for me to just turn around and say, well, I'm just going to go and join. I'd have to see it in action personally and know and trust that this is the way things are going to be moving forward before because i've lost all trust in the organization would i join or would you join if if luke if you joined the nmra i think i would probably die honestly it would probably give me a heart attack (laughs) uh just knowing how the conversations we've had but if you join i'll join absolutely just because i know i'd have somebody in my corner to go through the whole situation with me. And 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 that's the thing. I I I just have a very large trust issue with our division right now. And uh tr- getting that trust back is going to take a lot for me. So well here's an interesting take. So can Mike transfer to the Twin Cities division? He's already in the Twin Cities division. We don't have a separate membership. So if he's in the NMRA, he's in the Twin City Division. He can get on our Facebook. He can come to all of our events. He can come to our meetings. Uh, can you do you my know. judging for me, or do I have to do that Absolutely. through the Winnebago land? No, not me personally, because I'm not an MMR. But, no, you could, have, you, could, you could bring things to the modelers meet, get them judged, get a certificate. You're done. You could come up in May to the uh, – Thousand Lakes Region Convention. You can enter the contest. You can do anything you want. Uh, you know, but again, Mike, you know, see, you would be the guy that I'd want to be in because you're the kind of high energy guy. I'm, I'm disappointed that that you that you uh, uh, that you you're holding this because um, I know when I was in seventh grade, I really had a crush on a girl. And she just trashed me in front of people. And, but by eighth grade, I'd gotten over that and I started going out with girls again and, and found out they're really okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, that's an expensive hobby too, Ken. Oh, I know. <laughs> trust me, trust me, I, and by the way, I've given, I've given up on that because I've seen, yeah, too many me too. Good model, I've seen too many good model railroads get destroyed by guys that can't Never mind, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, to to what we've been talking about here, that's a great part that Gordy again is pushing hard with the the uh, NMRA board is um, you have these boundaries for administrative purposes, but with the internet and with all the other things that the NMRA is doing, these boundaries disappear, and so uh, yeah, you can. Anybody can get on the uh, Twin City Division Facebook page. You can join just like you join the uh, Split Rock or the uh, uh, Crossing Gate uh, podcast room. Join its community. We're all we're all friends. So, 
Yeah. We even, t- we even take guys that are modeling red dirt, Andy, so you could come. I'm still on the <laughs> podcast, you know. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess um, there's, there's really only, you know, in terms of like, uh, so we want to touch on a few topics tonight. And we'll, we'll kind of bring bring land the plane here since we're kind of getting on hour number two. Um, so we wanted to talk about the manufacturers, right? Um, we certainly wanted to talk about technology, and we talked about the community aspect of things. And then we also wanted to to touch on um, publications and organizations, mainly organizations, right? So those were the what we kind of felt were the indicators or uh, I guess from from my standpoint, or some of, some of the some of the things that could indicate the health of the hobby, right? So we talked about the NMRA and how it's changing and, and growing, right? We talked about the advent of technology. We talked about the manufacturers and then the internet community. So, like, if you had to if you had to give like a, a, like a grade for the state of the hobby. And based on those four things, and maybe even give each one of those a grade. Let's make it super complicated because I love numbers. What would you What would you give the manufacturers as a grade out of ten? Right, scale out of ten. So you got your manufacturers, you got your um, technology piece where technology fits into to model railroading these days, and, and is an indicator of of the state of it. The organization will just we'll just leave it to the NMRA because I'm not going to include like uh, uh, you know the International Plastic Modeler Society or anything like that. We'll just keep it to the NMRA in terms of organization, and then um, the community, the internet, and then let's let's see how it translates into an overall grade in terms of the state of the hobby. Is it good or is it bad? So let's uh let's take a second here. We'll, we'll pass that question around to the to the chat as well, and then and then we'll share our answers. So if you if you have any questions out there in the chat, make sure you get them in here. We're giving our final grades, and then I do want to touch on something that Mini Prince bought, brought up. What is your prediction for 2023 in the hobby? I thought that Ooh, was interesting. I like that so, question. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write my numbers down. Because <laughs> I'll forget them. Do we have to average it out. What, it, what was the three again, Andy? I, I may have uh, spaced out. No, no, that's it's, all right. I get it's, it. It's manufacturing, tech, so manufacturing and vendors. Yeah, manufacturing and vendors, technology, tech, uh, or organizations in relation to like the NMRA and stuff like that, and then the community, the internet, the community, community internet, and then. And then I can, we can all, we all have calculators in front of us. Can for okay. next year, can we get official scorecards made so that this? Yeah. Can be <laughs> I, well, I, I blew the budget on the guests tonight, so <laughs> I don't know yes, where please. you blew it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it didn't Tom. come this way. It was all Tom. It's all me. It's a salary cap, Ray was saying. Mm-hmm. Free agent. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so. I guess I'll I'll go ahead and get started. I'm gonna I'm a I'm always a a a, a rosy um a, 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 a rosy colored glasses person. So I'm gonna say for manufacturing, um, 
the only uh, the only thing I don't like about the manufacturing is the pre-orders. I, I just something I hate because I hate missing stuff. But I'm going to give it a nine overall, mm. um, especially with uh, how they've been able to bounce back from like uh, supply conflicts. Um, so like uh, I know Bowser had a fire at one of their manufacturing plants and they're back in the game. Right. Um, I think that for them to be resilient enough to, to stick around, I think I think uh, I think manufacturers as a whole get a nine technology. I'm going to also give a nine out of ten. Um, with, with how we've marketed model railroading as a steam, uh, type hobby, um, with the, the upgrades in technology and engineering, um, with, with companies like Iowa scaled engineering, all of the different types of, um, control and automation that they offer LCCs even being talked about. Right. I think, I think from a technology standpoint, being able to run your layout, from across the nation or across the world. I think that gets a 10. I mean, it puts the mark up there to a nine um, organization. I'll give them, I'll give the NMRA six because I have seen some good things come down the pipe lately. It's not all gloom and doom. Right. And I don't want to let my personal situation tarnish a lot of the good work that's going on um, in the organization today. Of course it can be improved upon. And then community, I'm going to give a nine. I've never, I've never had so much enjoyment uh, being able to get together, talking with people online about trains. So I think overall, nine, nine, nine and a six. What is that? Uh, we'll do math on the fly here. Thirty-three out of forty. So like a a B minus. I'm, I'm a. Is it my turn? Yeah, go the, go for it. The dark cloud of the whole group, probably. Um, like I said before, the manufacturing and stuff like that. I'm I'm gonna stick with my six point five. Um, it's just with being an S scale, there's not enough being done in S scale. <laughs> it's it is a very very difficult um for to try to get anybody to do anything in this scale now, and um, hopefully with some of the manufacturers that have done some buying of older uh, or of other manufacturers molds and things. Uh, hopefully things will be done here soon, sooner than later, because I'm afraid that with being an S scale, if th something doesn't start happening, if there isn't a, if, if a floodgate isn't opened, and somebody starts realizing that I, I've always called S scale the uh, the wild west of the model railroad industry. Whoever comes in and decides to be that Athern is going to be amazed at what this scale and the people in it are willing to do for them. Um, but until that happens, I, I, I it's hard to it's hard to get a real good grade on manufacturing and stuff like that. And I know HO scales the king over everything, but I've got to take a look at what my scale is also. So, you know, I'm giving it a six and a half technology. Uh, I give a solid eight. Um, I've got a proto throttle. I love it. You know, I use a uh, Pi Sprog for my DCC system. Um, I, I don't have one of the major manufacturers for, a, for a system, but technology with, with the way things are able to be done. If you need a circuit made, it's, it's not that hard to do. 
Um, and yeah, we, we talked about it shortly, you know, or briefly, but you know, with Arduinos and other technology that's out there and Iowa scale engineering is like a huge pioneer with different types of technology. And so there, they, I think are a really big driving force in a lot of what's going on. And those guys over there, they just do, uh, Mike and Nate or Michael and Nate and Scotty. I mean, they, those three are just, uh, they're a main reason why I've actually done some of the things I've done with the hobby is because I wanted their products. So it's, it's, uh, it's really, really, you know, technology. I'm giving a solid eight organization. I agree with Andy. You know, there's, there's some really good things being done. You guys on the, at the twin cities division do a great job. You know, I love coming over to the stuff and, and, and seeing it and being part of it. And you're always gracious and stuff. Like but for me to get over that hurdle, it, it, it for me right now it's just a mental thing um i i need on a on a more local level it's it, it's i just i need i need to see more and for me so i mean it's it I, i'm giving the whole organization thing a five um and one thing we never did touch on and maybe we should do this and i know i think i mentioned it andy earlier this afternoon when we were talking so one of these days we should do a, a show on the historical societies and how their mm -hmm. and and how their impact on the hobby is is starting to infiltrate like what manufacturers are starting to to see and how they're supposed to, and how they're starting to do things because I, I think that's one thing we didn't really talk about tonight is how the historical societies are are you know their organizations also and and that they have a huge driving impact in a lot of what goes on also but uh, I give the organizations a five and the community. I give a 9.5 uh, because I, I love doing this, this, this podcast, the people that I've, I've, I've been able to meet, you know, through Andy and, 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 and through all of you guys, you know, through the crossing gate and he's and and Ray. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. The, the community on the internet is just above and beyond anything I ever thought it was going to be. And, and there's, you know, it's it's really helped a lot. And there's people that I've met that have made me a, a lot better modelers because of it. And I would never have met them if it weren't for that. So, unfortunately, that gives me an overall score of 29 out of 40, which comes out to like a 70-some percent, so like a solid C, I believe it would be. So that's that's my grade. Well, you can. Uh, thanks. Uh, I, I I give manufacturers a seven, and uh, again because I'm a model railroader first and an S scaler second. I I see a lot <laughs> of really great things at the, and I say that because I I, I want to be part of the bigger community. Uh, yeah, I operated last weekend at North Metro, which was a big club. I operated today with Dave Hamilton's at, and I'm going to uh, operate in Hall Red Dirt tomorrow night. So I get a chance to uh, to really see a lot of different aspects of the hobby, and I think manufacturers are are doing a good job. I I am concerned about about China, but again, they that's probably because of my background, you know, but that's okay. Uh, 
technology, it's amazing what technology is allowing people to do. And it's, it's exciting how it's allowing younger people to come in. Uh, when you operate, it's like doing a role-playing game on the computer, except you're, you've got 3D that you're doing it with. And uh, it's modeling that's exciting, except now you've added sound and activity. And I think that's technology that, that helps. Uh, organization, again, I, I say eight because of what we're doing here. And I, I think we have a lot of uh, great people. And, and as I said, we don't, we don't care about borders. We'll do whatever we can to help, uh, to help model railroaders enjoy things here in the Twin City Division. Uh, the internet is a, is a solid nine. And, and we talked a little bit briefly about, about historical societies. You know, getting historical societies to post more things on the internet, because back in the days, you know, people that were in historical societies, they're like archivists and they want to, they want to grab this stuff and hide it and keep it in a little vault so that they have it and they have, they're the gatekeepers for it. But, but I think most of us will, will get, uh, get to the point where more and more things are, are accessible and that, that helps us. So, so I go somewhere around a 30, Three and because there's four different categories, I'll go with a 34 because it seems to me you can divide that easier than an odd number. <laughs> and by the way, my trends are up. I think numbers are good, but trends are up, and that's what I think. So, Heath, you're next on my screen. Fantastic. So I've changed my numbers about 100 times. <laughs> had a boy yeah so I, I started off with in manufacturing with a six but then i said wait a second if we if we look at the category as including the desktop or the cottage industry guys i don't think then that that it's fair to say a six and chris from go via go home was saying you know some are two some are a nine I think in general, uh, when we account for everything and being an end scaler, I get to buy from Microtrains who makes stuff in the U.S. And there's new stuff. The first of every month, there's new stuff. In the middle of the month, they put out all their new weathered items. So like lots of new stuff. So I, I raise that up to an eight. Uh, I have a nine for technology. Just a huge fan of technology in general. Uh while yes, the internet has had a huge impact, I do also think all the advances in DCC, LCC, everything else are just great. So I give that a nine. Organization, I put that at a five just because I've been very frustrated. Um, but they are on the upswing. So to give them credit for that upswing, I raised it up to a seven. But I think it's uh, I think it's still early uh, to know exactly what's going to happen in that area. Uh, for community, uh, I'm just going to completely break the rules, and I'm giving community a 12 out of 10 because I love it. That's uh, awesome. You know, I got back into this in 2019. In March of 2020, we all know what happened. Um, and also what happened was I was laid off from my job. So for a year and a half, 
uh, this community was a big part of my day and of, you know, everything. And it's taught me a lot and, uh, I wouldn't be here without it. So, I mean, I would, that may have come out wrong. What I'm saying. No. <laughs> I, I think we be, get what you're saying. <laughs> I wouldn't be literally here, not here. <laughs> I wouldn't be literally here. Uh, so 12 out of 10, uh, which is uh, 36 total. So nine out of 10 average. There you go. You'd be somewhere. I'd be somewhere. Just not, not, not maybe here. Here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not here. I love it. I love the 12. Yeah. I really do. How about, uh, how about you, Ray? Oh, good. I don't have to go last. I like that. So, yeah, yeah. We're gonna it's all on you. That's good. I'm the big gun for last. That's, yeah, that's right. Where, that's, that's where all that's my money good. went. There you go. Good. I know. I know who where all the money went from tonight's podcast too. Good the job. anchor, the franchise, the franchise. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I got free water tonight. Hey. Free water. Nice. Free. Excellent. It's hard to put scores on all this. You know, it's a little challenging, you know, for whatever it's worth. You know, we'll start with manufacturers, and I'll say this. There's going to be gripes from every scale, right? There's going to be Z guys think that they're getting hosed on something, and us HO guys are looking for modern cars that the 64 guys get. And, you know, it's like it's it's. You know, there's a gripe from every scale, right? O scale, we didn't even mention, and I'm sure there's people in the chat that are upset that O scale didn't even get mentioned tonight, and you know, G and whatever else, right? So everybody's got their challenge. Overall manufacturing, I gave an eight point five, and here's why. Nice. There's there's some challenges with major manufacturers, and they're never going to be a hundred percent to what you want. It's a business, and they're trying to you know turn a profit in a in a hobby business where they got to predict or figure out what they're going to be able to sell and be able to turn a profit on on the whole thing. Challenge that's that's beyond me, right? So and then in turn the cottage industry that's popped up I talked about earlier that still just amazes me that you have all these people that are able to turn manufacturing right from their basement or their garage. Um, what I will say with that is there's also a challenge in that of making sure that the products that are being produced are quality because it could flood the market with poor product as well. So there is a challenge to that. You want to make sure that even with that, you don't have a poor product coming out of cottage industry that kind of sours the market. So with that, again, I get 8.5 for manufacturers. Technology just continues to get better and better. And the things that we've been able to, even the last few years that, you know, technology I look at is a broad spectrum from what you can do on your layout to what we're able to do tonight uh, for, for three of us in here and, and Heath with, with video and your video looks great by the way. And we'll ask you more questions about that after, but everything that we're able to do now is just amazing. That's a nine and it's just going to keep getting better and better. And the things that are going to be able to, uh, we're going to be able to do the NMRA 6.5. And it's just because I know there's, there's uh, room for improvement. Um, and, and I think they, they're acknowledging some of their faults, but along with every organization that struggles in 2022, going into 2023, they're, they're, they're within company. So, uh, the ability to acknowledge that they need to make improvements and it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, hopefully we'll see some great things out of the NMRA uh, community. Uh, I put a 9.5 and I'm not sure. Cer I certainly would agree with a 12 to, Hey, listen, the, the community is amazing. 
Um, we've got a lot of great people in this hobby and the the, the people that you meet day in and day out is just phenomenal. Um, the connection that we've been able to make, you got three podcasters, you know, within this room and, you know, with Heath, with the, the content you're producing and, um, that that's fantastic. We certainly boomers got way off base on the, if everything wants to say boomers does good stuff, that's that, that just discredited you, my friend. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, wow. um, it's amazing to see the different angles this hobby can be attacked from, right? Uh, the, the the crossing gate and what you guys do in a group and the conversations you have and then Mike and Andy with the way they approach it, the way I approach it, the way AML approaches it, the way they all approach it, it, it is so different, so unique, and it's so great to see so much of that content being created. So I give the community a 9.5. Um, the only thing we want to make sure just because you can YouTube doesn't mean you have to YouTube it. <laughs> you know, we, we want to make sure quality versus quantity you don't have to put out videos every day that they give the basics build good content and be you know contribute with good content i try very hard i'm very uh aware of what we're doing and i know you guys are as well where you want to make sure that the product is good and entertaining and represents the hobby well and that's that's i think that's what we're all aiming for so 9.5 there none of the math adds up any wit to my state of the hobby which is a 10 this is the greatest hobby. It really is. The The amount of different ways that you can be a part of this hobby is just amazing. And you yeah. don't have to be. You don't have to be the greatest scenery guy. You don't have to be the greatest track guy. But if you can build community, you can do it all. Because you just connect with all great people that are willing to help you. And that goes back to that community thing. Hey, I don't know how to lay track. But I know a guy who does, and I'll connect with him, and then you get help, and then get get it done. Carpentry, electrical, art, uh, there's so many facets of this hobby that that are just so amazing, and, and you can become a part of the technology and whatever it may be. There's a lot of uh, great things. So state of the hobby, 10. We're on to good things and predictions for 2023. I, I, it, with everything, hopefully restrictions behind us, uh, I'm looking forward to a great Springfield. I think Springfield's going to be phenomenal for mm-hmm. late January. We already got uh, um, predictions coming out of John Sacerdote that it's going to be 50 degrees and clear with no snow. <laughs> so we're going to be good for that. <laughs> and, if, and, and if if John really? can deliver that's for what, us, that's what Sacerdote says, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. So because last year was snow, but you got Canadians that are able to come back to the show now and. It's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be great. And I think a lot of other shows are going to see it. I saw the hub group had a show up here in, uh, uh, up in Massachusetts and it was well attended. I think you were just going to start to see a lot more, uh, of these events going off. Well, I'm looking forward to being in Dallas, Texas this year for the national convention, going with some good friends. We're going to do some rail fanning. We're going to do some model railroading. We're going to do a whole bunch of different things. So it's going to be a great 2023. Make sure you hit Tower of 55. The, the, the remains of where Tower 55 is. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Ray, you should be welcome down there because you, you've been interviewing all the Texas guys on these last podcasts. <laughs> They're such amazing modelers. Here, I thought you had a niche with all the East Coast guys that, you know, I always wanted to talk to, but then 
you threw Dosa in the mix and now the Texas. <laughs> <are cheap. laughs> I'm like, why would he interview Dosa? But no, that's all right. So I'll go on to this. Now, Mike, you said something you called S scale something. What was the term you used? I forgot what you said. It was a. Oh, I forgot what I said. Ken, what did I say? I don't know. You called it the Wild West. Oh, the Wild, Wild West. West. The Wild okay. West of model railroading. Okay. Because Dan Dosa and I, we call it wish scale. So, because yeah, I always wish they too. made this, which is what you've been reiterating all night. So, manufacturers, Ray brought my score up to a nine because they are coming out with so many products. They are coming out monthly. There's a magazine, Tony Cook, what a wonderful guy, devoted a magazine to all new stuff. And I like seeing that in a hobby. None of it pertains to me. But I, I'm like with Ken, I'm, I'm a member of the hobby. I'm like, oh, wow, they're coming out with these, you know, Dash 840Cs wide body. You want those? No, but I'm like, and this is another thing Dan Dosa and I have always thought too about the manufacturers. And we make fun of the blue tub modelers. <laughs> but bless the blue tub modelers because if they weren't out there buying all these things, I would not have RS 32s. No, right? you know, right. And so I give the manufacturers a nine for keep coming up with new things and new ways and just the quality they're putting out there. Um, I'll go to the tech and this will be a seven and the seven isn't because of what's out there or the quality it's the learning curve. And Heath will know exactly what I'm saying about there's everything out there to have, like Raven said, Heath's great vision, his camera, sound. For jugheads like me, who has to talk to Heath for two hours just to get OBS to work. Oh. <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping that it gets better. I keep telling this to Bernard and the 3D printer. If I can get a 3D printer app where I can take my, my phone out and scan something and send it to a 3D printer, that would be awesome because I'm not going to learn CAD skills. But I love that there's the tech out there to do all these things, these podcasts, YouTube and stuff. But the learning curve is tough on some of us. Um, the community, I, I like Heath's number. I'm going to say an eight. And the community I call Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. There's not many model realtors on Twitter from the United States but I run the NMRA Twitter. It's filled with hundreds and thousands of British modelers. Yeah. And the American modelers are on Facebook and the Twit and the British modelers are on Twitter. And I ask each group why they're on there and they both give the same answer. They say, oh, that other group's too political. I'm not going on. <laughs> and I'm like, so, and, and I like now the emergence of Discord. And Ken's like, the Discord is now amazing where we could, we could have this on Discord. Yep. So I really like the community. The only reason I give it an eight is that it's still too easy for the trolls to come in. And I've seen people do wonderful videos. They'll get 500 great comments and then they'll get one, one troll, which you should just wash off your back, but it ruins them. Yeah. And I think we need to find a way to deal with that. And organization, I guess we're all talking about the NMRA. I give it a six. And as big of a cheerleader I am, is that it's not quite yet the leader. If you're joining this hobby, you're like, I want to be a model roader on this. Where do I go? Hey, look, there's a national group. And then you run into all these issues of sending in dues and you don't get a card and you don't get this. There's still things to be worked out. 
that it's not the go-to place to be a, a member. And my prediction for 2023, I think that this Wi-Fi and Bluetooth is going to open up more mm. DCC to everybody. Wow. And I posted a question earlier about how many, how many model rarities are in DCC. The person who runs Lens, or not Lens, NCE, he said maybe 10 to 12% of model rarities are in DCC. Oh, that's it. That's Jim Scores, right? Jim Scores. That's yeah. what he says. He says it's it's less than 15%. Where we think everybody, you know. But I'm thinking this Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. When my grandkids run my trains, they only want the phone. Yep. They, they don't want a throttle in their hand. And and the thing, I'll, I'll end it with this, Andy. You can go. I've heard, I saw a couple mentions about youth in the hobby. Yeah. The kids are all right. Okay, <laughs> if anybody knows our age, the kids are all right. And I hope you doubt me. And Heath knows this. Go to YouTube, go to SMT Mainline. Yeah, right. Young man runs thing. His videos, he has four videos that are over a million views. He has one video that's over two million views. His live shows attract up to 300 kids on there telling them to run the Conrail engine, run the big boy, run, and, just, and they have a ball. Yep. The kids are all right. You know, we don't have to drag them kicking and screaming in this. You have to be a good mentor, and you have to allow them in. So, yep. Tom, I don't want to keep the no, show going too no. much, but I'm in the three-hour pool for the for the – betting that we did Are you? earlier. Okay. So. I, I already <laughs> lost. I only said two hours. So. Wow. Yeah, so. Heath is on the show. But it's, it's key. An hour and 14. I don't know what. But you you want to talk about the future of the hobby, the state of the hobby. You got you to gotta not, you can't, you'd be uh, crazy not to mention the kids and like you said. And I yeah. want to make a point. Um, somebody had made a point. In fact, I'm, I'm hoping to get him on the show and, and interview him. There was a young gentleman who wrote an article for RMC. And Lance Minheim actually pointed it out in a in a post that it was great to see a young guy not only doing scratch building of a warehouse, um, but also the fact that he actually wrote an article for RMC. And and it's it's great, fantastic. And I, I credit Otto Vondrak, and I think Otto does have the, my personal opinion the best publication going right now. It, it really is a solid publication. What I did say though was. The kids are doing this. Just don't look at look for them in the traditional places. They're no longer in magazines like that. Mm -hmm. They're not in NMR organizations, and maybe they should, but they're not. They're connecting with the audience directly like we are right now. We don't need a, a gateway to go through to connect to other people. We've built it with our podcasts. We've built it with our YouTube channels. We've built it where we're direct now to... The, the, the audience and that's where these kids are they know how to produce youtube videos do phenomenal producing of youtube videos and and bring their information to our ns modeler 24 is another one that comes to mind phenomenal production value of what yeah. he's doing again all these younger guys that's where they are they're in this hobby if you have a club or an organization or whatnot that you want to draw them in relate to them 
figure out how to bring them in. If they're a young guy getting in the Twin Cities division, hey, get them involved with the podcast or have them, hey, help, you know, get them involved with doing the YouTube channel. If you're a group, you're a club, and you're putting a model railroad together, don't put the era is 1975. <laughs> they have no clue. I have no clue what 1975 looks like, right? I relate to 1995 to 2005, 6, 7 in, in, in modern. The young guys, they want to take a Jeevo and they want to run the thing around the layout because that's what they see out on the road. That's what they relate to. So if you want young guys in your club, you want young guys in your organization in order, you got to find a way to connect and relate to them or you will not get them. Don't think that they're just going to fall in love with what you fell in love with. Find out what they're in love with and relate to that. Rake, I just want to build on that and I'm sorry for uh, jumping back in here. Um, to talk about youth in the hobby, but I think it's an interesting point. Um, so I'm, it is I'm your podcast, of, by the way, so you can do whatever <laughs> well, you want. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But I did, I did, you know, I hate, I hate it when someone busts up the flow, right? Um, but I do want to touch on this because it's kind of an important uh, topic for myself. So in in Ripon here in Ripon, Wisconsin, we we have a model railroad club, and I've recently just joined it. And um, the the thing that I'm really astounded by is the amount of um, kids that are in the club under the age of 18. So we have, we have, I think total membership, we have something like 30 members or something of that nature, 10 of which are under the age of 13. And my son is six and the club is welcoming with letting him use the equipment um, puts the throttle in his hand. They, you know, listen to him when he's talking to him about the locomotives and the different, you know, types of locomotives that they are. Right. And I think, I think, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things to make connections with the, the youth is, you know, just give them the time of day and, and don't treat them like, you know, they can't do it because, you know, they know probably know more about the throttle than, than you do with it in your hands. So, I think I think it's interesting. These kids are they're just fantastic operators. They really love operating. That's their big ticket right now with kids is just getting it going around the track, moving freight. That's what they love to do. So I encourage that. I don't even run a train down at the club. I just, you know, I just help when when you know with switches and I'm basically the conductor on the whole thing. But it's it's amazing. There are kids out there. They are interested. They do love it. So, I see a few comments. I just want to clarify. You know, they're talking about you know the sixties, seventies, eighties, and eighteen hundreds, and whatever they're modeling. And that's <laughs> and, you know, and that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Well, I'm not putting that down. What I am saying is, if you have a club, don't put things in a box to a point where you're going to exclude people. If if you want young people, if you want if you want to just keep things the way they are. Just just know that there's a good chance that a younger person won't be able to relate to an older era. Now, I'm interested in history. I love to, you know, see about what the way the old New Haven ran through this area and but that's later. That didn't come in my twenties or teens. I was just interested in running what I saw out on the road. I wanted to see a P and W unit or an NECR unit or something like that. Later in life, okay, history's cool. But again, 
I, I just think that you want to make whatever it is, you got to connect with them. You got to relate to them. You got to empower them. That was the third piece that you guys really yes. added in Andy empowering. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well done. So, um, I, I guess anyone, anyone else on the panel have anything to talk about youth? Um, there was a, a, a note in the chat that, um, as we, as we close up here, we need to circle back to Heath to talk about a certain term that he's coined, um, with zero sum, uh, comment or the zero sum comment. So, um, I'll give the, I'll give the, uh, my shout out to the, to the section crew in the chat tonight. Um, if you have any final questions, comments, let's get them in there so we can ask the panel. But Heath, uh, Tom kind of said, hey, we got to talk about the zero sum. Here yeah, I, I think there are some people that are competitive and think that if like one person has something, somebody else can't have something similar. And what, while that is somewhat true, I do think uh, in model railroading on YouTube, um, in a lot of different ways, it's not a zero sum game. Everybody can win uh, by, by us going and, you know, walking over to the young kids and bringing them in with open arms. We can both win. It's, it's not like it has to be an either or type of situation. And if we can get that message out there that you don't have to lose out by sharing or, you know, or, or, or reaching across the aisle, as they say. Um, yeah. I think it just benefits everybody. That's a, it's a really good point. So, all right, we're, man, Ray, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to cut it short tonight. So you don't get that three hour mark. Yeah. I'm all uh, done. Good night, get everybody. Bye. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, we'll we'll go ahead. Uh, we'll take some last comments, questions from the the, the section crew out here. I do want to first and foremost thank um, our panel for joining us this evening and, um, and and taking the time, spending almost three hours with us and fielding questions. And it's just fantastic um, that they're they're willing to sit through through all of the good stuff and 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 stay on with this as long as they did. So. Um, I usually give, I usually pass the microphone around the horn, um, before we close up shop. So Ken, any final comments, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to hammer out before, uh, we close up shop for tonight and tie down. He's got to unmute himself. Yeah, that's, uh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's been a fun, wide ranging conversation and, and, uh, and I think that's, again part of the fun of the hobby you get lots yeah. of people in and you have lots of things to talk about and and uh if you're within the three hour drive or so come come in march to our modelers meet come in may to our uh convention uh join join us become part of our group we love it we need we need your input yeah. Even you, Mike, cra crabby old Mike. <laughs> <laughs> How about I'll show you, Ken. I'm showing up whether you want me to or not. <laughs> um, so how about how about uh Tom? We'll go to you next. I think know that you can do there he is with his 4750. <laughs> there you got six amazing people here that a year, year and a half ago, we're not podcasting or YouTubing yeah. to this level of 
you know, running discords and things. But there's nothing that we are doing that you can't do. Right. And and I always say that about the modeling. There's nothing that that we've done in modeling that I can't I wouldn't be glad to teach you or something. And I think I think that's where the hobby's open. I think the internet has opened everything. These podcasts have opened our eyes to different people around the country. And and I'm I'm all here for it. I think this uh Social media is only going to get better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Heath, how how about you? Yeah, I think twenty twenty three for me is definitely going to be the year of mistakes. Um, it's just, <laughs> I love it. You know, That's my involvement perfect. in the hobby is getting bigger and bigger. I think the mistakes are just going to get bigger and bigger, and um, I, you know, I, I'm ready for it, and I encourage anybody that wants to 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 come along and make lots of mistakes and yep. let's just have some fun <laughs> i like you that. Know that that's not going to keep us from blaming you for everything no. <laughs> i like that a lot heath i'll i'll join you in on that one on that on that quest yeah let's make some mistakes how about you how about you ray i'll tell you uh 2022 is quite a challenge for me and uh on a personal professional level, but I can tell you the one thing, you know, other than, you know, obviously the, the, the family and that kind of support is, has been the model railroading uh, hobby. That's really just been a phenomenal outlet starting the podcast um, and then working, you know, alongside and in collaboration with you guys at second section and with the crossing gate guys. And, you know, it's just been a really cool uh, adventure. Uh, the, the people that I've talked to, the conversations that have been had, the connections that have been made, and now the, you know, the the, the, the things I've seen, the places that that will all be able to go and, and, and be connected to, to new and exciting things is just really, really cool. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for, you know, that kind of support and uh, encouragement. You know, Andy and Mike, we've both have had on offline conversations that have been helpful for all of us. Right, right. To, to give the encouragement to to try new things and talk to new people and, and get through some challenging situations. So, uh, thanks to all of you guys. Thanks for including me in this. This was this was a lot of fun, and it's great to talk about the hobby and you know where we're going and and, and the things that we can do in it. So, thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, you'll have to you're going to have to come back, Ray. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding, right, Mike? How about <clears throat> some some uh, words of some pearls of wisdom? <laughs> Do you want that out of me? Oh, geez. Before, uh, don't eat, first of all, don't eat yellow snow. Uh, that's that's the number one. Yeah. That's, see what you important. see what the Twin Cities is getting. You're getting yeah. some great knowledge yeah, right? right there. You right guys there. have signed a big cream one right of there. the crop. Oh, yes. Cream of the crop. Well, I, you know, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was actually very nervous about some of the top content we were going to put out tonight, just because I wasn't sure how opinions were going to be how opinions on some of the and discussion was going to go on some of it. And, and it, it exceeded my expectations. It was, it was all very, 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 very good. Um, when it comes to 2023, I've already dedicated myself to making 2023 the year of personal challenge in the hobby for me. Hmm. I am, I am, 
planning on purposely biting off more than I know I can chew just just to to improve myself to make to to give myself the deadlines to give myself can I do this and if I screw it up it's just plastic that's all it is it's just yeah. plastic yeah it's going to cost some bucks but you know what what doesn't i mean it it just it's no different than any other thing if you owned a car and you wanted to try a some new ram intake of some sort and you put it on and you blow your motor well then well <laughs> you learned a lesson right same thing yeah. with what i'm the same challenges i'm planning for myself in 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 the next in 2023 and along with that, I, I plan on kind of bringing everybody along with me on my Farland Terminal page. You know, it's it's that's that's my goal is to try to help educate as a modeler, not just an S scaler, but as a modeler, the the challenges of doing things the way I need to do them in my scale. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just just you never know. You might bring somebody along with you that's hey, that looks kind of neat, you know, but that that's kind of where my head is at right now. I'm not really focused on a whole lot of other stuff. I've been working two weeks just to try and find drawings for something. Mm. I mean, this is it's nuts. And uh, but it's it's going to be a challenging year. Uh, I have a new camera, so I'm planning on getting out and taking a ton of pictures of everything. I mean, billboards, signs, old painted signs on the side of walls just not necessarily all train stuff, just life, you know, just pictures of life and, and trying to bring those onto my layout. Um, and so that, that's, that to me is what my 2023 is going to look forward to. So I've got, I've got a pretty uphill road, but I'm doing it on purpose, you know, and then I just love doing this. You guys are, you got, you know, the five of you are all awesome and, and we're all friends and stuff like that. And that's what makes this, a lot easier to deal with hard topics is because of the fact that we are at the end of the day friends. And so it, it, there isn't anything that it brings that sense of community into play, you know? And, and so, you know, I want to thank you guys for coming on and, and stuff like that. And, you know, that's all I got. Yeah. And I think, I think what um we're going to do here. Um, Ray put a nice little comment in, in the chat um, that says the hobby is so much better when it's shared. And that's by yeah. Paul Kassar. And, um, yep. you know, Paul, Paul's been on our show. He was one of the, uh, the big, the big uh, uh, proponents for us and, and always uh, been a cheerleader for us. And I, I have to say, I think he's absolutely right. I think, I think I get the, the biggest joy out of, of, of model railroading when I share it with people, right? Share the knowledge that I had that someone shared with me, right? So I think for, for me, my 23 is, is, is just that. I'm going to really focus on <laughs> sharing the hobby um, with, with uh, folks here um, out on, 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 on YouTube land, as well as helping my local club out um, and then helping my son, uh, you know, get, get into the hobby and stay there. And, um, so I think for me, that's my 23, um, in a nutshell, share the hobby and thanks Paul. Thanks Ray for, for bringing that up. That was really, really good. I think it was a good closing. So as we tie down for tonight, 
Um, I do want to thank our guests this evening, Heath uh, from Humanity Junction, Tom Gazier and Kenzeska from the Crossing Gate podcast, and Ray are not from around the layout. I have included all of their contact information, so to speak, where you can find their podcasts um, or uh, YouTube channels um, out in the show notes. So they're out there in the description, the video description. So we are going to... We're going to um, make sure that you guys check them all out um, and subscribe to their to their channels and and their uh, podcasts. It's all amazing content that goes out. So I do want to thank everyone. And I want a big thanks to the section crew tonight. We carried about 95, 100 people almost all the way to the end. So those numbers are going up. That's exciting for us. And we're seeing a lot of people um, you know, getting a lot out of this, this community. So, um, on behalf of Mike, Ken, Heath, Tom, and, and, and Ray, I want to say good night and, uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone.